Welcome everyone to podcast number 45. 45. We're going to catch up with the recent film and TV news we've been watching over the last uh, last month. And the second part of the podcast, we're going to be discussing the Hannibal TV series, the three seasons. Yes. And then, of course, in the third, discussing the Hannibal TV series, the three seasons. Yes. And then, of course, in the third part of the podcast, we will be answering your questions. So I will just apologize to my co-host right off the bat. <laughs> For drinking until the early hours of this morning. Dude, that intro was really good. You could barely tell you're nearly dead. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep maintain, well. I'm going dude. to sleep well tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? I'm going to, I'm maintain, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? I'm going to, I'm going to throw it right over so I can... Um, I'll, go, I'll go first and let you rest on us. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. Oh, what have I been doing? Um... Yeah. So the, I mean, I haven't really watched anything sort of like new other. I watched Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, we got yes. into that one. And we also um, Doctor Strange. We also yeah, we also seen Doctor yeah. Strange. That was, I mean, that Sam was Sam Raimi. Nearly yeah. ten years without a Raimi movie. That that was good, man. You know, like big old scary horror vibes. Evil book. Sam Raimi has entered the MCU. You know what more yeah. do you want, really? So um, yeah. It, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it as a film. I know a lot of people. There, there's already we've had the backlash of like. Oh, there was supposed to be a thousand as a film. I know a lot of people. There, there's already we've had the backlash of like, oh, there was supposed to be a thousand cameos. There wasn't. Get over it. It was still a good film. Um, other than that, I kind of I was I've been d- painting. I think I mentioned last month. Like I've been painting again, doing like back in the Warhammer 40k. So I've had back stuff on in the stuff on in the background. And I decided I was going to rewatch all the Alien movies. Nice. That was nice. <laughs> and then I decided I'm going to I'm going to watch the Predator movies. And then I even ended up watching like Alien vs. Predator again. Oh, nice. And Requiem? Yeah, it's funny Requiem. because you like, you watch, I was like watching AVP and I was sort of about like three quarters of the way through thinking, God, this is a heinous piece of shit. <laughs> and then I watched Requiem yeah. and I was like, you know what, AVP weren't AVP that bad. Is good. <laughs> In comparison to that, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it weren't that bad. But it's, it's, you know, when you rewatch something though, that you kind of, even when it's something bad, oh, yeah, and you yeah. kind of go, like, so I mean, I rewatched Prometheus and Covenant and I found After myself. You've watched Alien 3. Yeah. So you've watched Alien, Aliens, Alien Three. Alien Three's got a lot of hatred, but you know you've got Prometheus. Well, I like and Alien Covenant. Three though. Oh, exactly. I, I, I like so Alien Three. To, but when you but got it, the Prometheus and Covenant, like, how did you feel knowing the Alien Three storyline up to that point? I had nothing to do with it really, so I didn't. Yeah, no, it was just more that sort of like because I was like, okay, I know that these aren't great. Yeah. But you kind of find yourself looking for like. Like visually, it's kind of good. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like you do, you yeah. do that. Yeah. Like That's you know, the, the necromorph it. thing in the fucking second one was cool. It was just like again, I hate stuff where they like, oh, this, care about this person. Yeah. And yeah. then in the second one, we're going to kill them off screen. So it, fuck yeah. that person, by the way. You know, yeah. I, That's I, I, I hate do, that kind I, of I shit. like Prometheus as the, a standalone the movie. Bit, yeah. The yeah. bit in Covenant where she walks into the medical bay with the shotgun and slips on the blood. Yeah, you got some kind of dumbass. That's that's a big problem. Is most of that crew are fucking dumbasses. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I watched those. I rewatched all of the planet, the uh, Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, the trilogy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm all cried out. So nice, that's done. Nice. Uh, yeah, um, I think that was about it. I, and the only other news, I suppose, is um, we I got tickets for. Um, uh, Clash at the Castle, which is a WWE event. Yes. September is two days after my 40th birthday. So nice. me and a, a bunch of people from work are going to go. And I'm so I'll be pissed up in Cardiff. Sat on the on the floor watching wrestling. It's going to be fucking sweet. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. What a way to spend your 40th. Mm. 
Ian? Paralytic, probably. Well, I mean, I wrote down some specific things that I'd done. See, I've got my scrap of paper. And actually, it was like three, three things. Three oh, okay. things. I, I specifically, Very large piece of paper. For well, yeah. <laughs> for down things. my notebook. Like, I specifically did, hand, like, three things over the month so that I could talk about them in the podcast. Because, you know, I always end up talking about work, wrestling. I mean, I hope everyone's enjoyed the reviews, the edits that have gone up, you know. Eddie... I mean, fuck Eddie me. was a classic. Uh, Eddie was a piece of <laughs> shit. Like, like you want to talk bad movies when people t- say Doctor Str- um, Doctor Strange Two was a bad movie? Watch Eddie. Yeah, you know. Right. No, but I, I read from beginning to end. Have a nice day, uh, Mick Foley's book. Oh, that's nice. a good book. Um, I like book. I'd had it for years and always wanted to read it, but. Oh, is that the first time you read it? That's the first time oh, okay, I'd ever probably on. read it, and it's like just being on the road with him. Mm. You know, he's making you feel. Like, you're with him while he's writing about all these road stories, him growing up. It's not ghost-written either, is it? No, it's, it's actually he, him. He wrote it. He wrote yeah, it. Which so he's rare, obviously, he's, Everything's from memory, yeah. and so he's talking about all of his matches. So then I was going back and I was watching Old School Matches of Mick Foley. Uh, awesome book. If you can get your hands on it, just... Yeah, it's like, it's like a memoir. Hmm. You know, properly just reading this guy's life story. Obviously, Doctor Strange 2, like... I didn't expect it to be really good, so when I went in there... I was like, you know, just here to see a Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell epic on screen. If you told me when we watched, what, Spider-Man 2? You know, when Sam Raimi had done Spider-Man 2. Oh, don't worry, Sam Raimi's going to do a Doctor Strange movie. 20 years from now. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> fuck off. Do you know what's funny like... is, if you were watching Spider-Man 2 as well, I'd be telling you, he's also going to use the exact same ending. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Spoilers, sorry. I mean, it was, it was just absolutely brilliant. But I also got to see Robocop on the big screen. And I'd like to just pre-warn people now, because I'm going to rant... And my language might get a bit blue. Oh, give me a pen. And I, sit all over me again. And I really, want, I really do want to hold back. But man, you will, you will all agree with me. You've you seen Robocop before, right? I, I have, man. Though? I. It was Robocop, 4K, 35th anniversary. It was the director's cut on the big screen. I was. I was praying was, to was whatever like gods, guy. whatever gods would listen, that nobody, nobody would ever else would want to like actually go there that night. So I'd go there and the cinema would be empty. Oh, I was praying. I went to work all day yesterday, dealt with everything in work, get to the cinema, cinema's packed. Screen 13, not the big screen. They are screen. usually, dude. Yeah, but for <laughs> Robocop, it's packed. Okay. And I'm sat down with my seat. I've got my buddy next to me and he's got his friend next to him as well. The three of us are sat there. And this guy and his girlfriend come walking in. And I look at this girl and I'm thinking, this bitch should not be watching Robocop. Pardon my French. Why? How old was she? Uh, she was maybe 28, maybe 30. <laughs> what the she, fuck? Well, let's just say from my experience of being around humans for nine and 40 odd years, she looked more like she wanted to be at home watching Love Island than okay. watching Robocop. Right, oh, oh, okay. Right, okay, I'll carry on. So, so she comes in and she sits down and it becomes quite aware to me and my friends at the same time that she's not interested in seeing Robocop. The boyfriend's interested in seeing Robocop. And she's just kind of come along with him. So she sat down right next to me on my left. On my motherfucking left. Like, I'm here. She's here. (laughs) And she's talking. Oh. Oh, yeah. She was 
talking and i'm not just saying like she started talking making point during the movie and just wouldn't shut up i'm talking i'm saying that she was talking to him during the bit where fucking finn from star wars says hey switch off stop talking <laughs> so all the loud bits are happening and she's talking to her boyfriend about some shit which i wasn't eavesdropping i was trying not to listen <laughs> but when you're in a fucking room and everybody else is fucking quiet and she's fucking not and she's right next to you you can Send up a flare, dude. Here's some <laughs> shit. You know, they're talking about some friends that they didn't like or she didn't like and he's telling her not to worry about it or some shit. And that, that, Were you like, that I wouldn't like you either. <laughs> so I'm, that, I'm like... <laughs> Sounds to me like your friends are justified. <laughs> okay, let's just say, our point during the movie, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I say something to her and he gets involved and I hit him and then she looks like the kind of type that she's going to get involved because we live in Plymouth. <laughs> and I, mean, I'm gonna fucking hit this bitch as well. Like, and I have to hit her as well. Oh boy! And then, like, I'm I'm thinking, would I be justified explaining to people that I had to defend myself because they were talking in the middle of fucking Robocop in 4K on the big screen? But it gets better. It gets better, ladies and gentlemen, oh, because boy. it was obvious that she didn't know what the fuck she was watching because. Uh, you know the point where Kenny gets blown but the fuck no up? But there no other seats, because I'd have literally nah, just man. moved. I'd have made a point of moving. Nah, man. My seat was perfect. Like, I, I had... Clearly <laughs> wasn't. I had... No, <laughs> visually, visually, I had the best view of Robocop in the house. Right? When Kenny gets shot at the beginning, when Kenny gets shot at the beginning, and we're, we're yeah. talking blood squibs, yeah. we're talking ED-209. Over you the know. top, gratuitous. Oh, so good. Glorious. Fucking holes this big in him. She turns to her man, and she goes... What year was this? And he's like, 1987. She's like, oh, you can tell. And I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> let's just go with it. And so she starts nattering halfway through. They got up and left. Well, both of them. Oh, so it's a so it's a good story. 20 then. minutes. 20 minutes before the end. <laughs> so Robocop. Oh, dude, for a minute, for a minute, <laughs> I thought you were going to say 20 minutes in. I'd be like, well, what the fuck? That's not too bad, but 20 minutes. 20 minutes, minutes towards the end. Fuck 20 minutes. She's been talking and I've been ignoring and I've been watching Robocop. And like I said, it was fucking glorious watching Robocop in 4K on the big screen. One of the best experiences you could ever have. I'm never going through it again <laughs> because I had some fucking part of my French crazy bitch sat next to me who just wouldn't stop talking. And at the 20 minute mark, so Robocop has just been shot the fuck up. He's, he's, Dropped ED two hundred nine down the stairs. He's got shot up by the fucking army. <laughs> Sorry, in the back I can of the just car. see him at the bottom <laughs> of the stairs. <laughs> this shit, it's amazing. Cork. It's still, Cork. it's still Cork. funny. Cork. I bet it's better in four K. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah. So Robocop's being driven off, and Clarence Bodico's getting the fucking big state of the art bang bangs out of his car. Yeah, and just as he's doing that, she's she's just like, I swear. Like I said, I wasn't listening, but when you're in a room full of silence and. I swear at one point she turned to her boyfriend and she's like, are you really satisfied with this movie? Are you really satisfied? <laughs> what a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to watch this movie. Why Why are you even... Just sit down with your man. If he's wanting to watch the movie, you, I kind of didn't tell if like, maybe he'd wanted to come and just dragged her along. Or I don't think it was her idea. All you got to do is do something real passive aggressive, like pull out your phone like this in the middle of the cinema, sat there and just oh, be man. like, oh, dude, I just got to tweet something. Sat next to a rude <laughs> cunt in the sand. Man, but you say that, but like I said, I'd have been then having to fight two people in the middle of a cinema during the middle of Robocop, so I'd be disrupting absolutely everybody. So I just, I endured, I endured, and it kind of paid off because 20 yeah. minutes before the end, 
She gets up. She's like, sorry, sorry. And she walks past us. And the boyfriend gets I'd, up. Honestly, goes, I would have just asked her to be quiet. He goes to go mm-hmm. left. And he realizes there's no stairs at the end there. So he has to turn around and come, back, come all the way back. And walk off. And I sat there and watched Clarence Bolliker and his money, fucking Emil getting hit by the car in 4K nice. on the big screen. The big splatter. Oh, man. Fucking Clarence getting Help a stab me. in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had a similar-ish horror story at the cinema when I went to see Doctor Strange. Yeah. Where, of course, I'm sat down, got my friend next to me, empty seat to my left, and I'm just like, perfect. Yeah. Like, two minutes before the film starts, in comes an entire family. (laughs) One one woman and five kids. Five. And they all come up and file in on the left row, all the way along (laughs) my left. It's just like... Oh, man. Yeah. And this kid had all the sweets... All the fizzy drinks, all the sugar. So before the film even started, <laughs> you look at him like you might be able to tie a knot in that young man. Like, <laughs> he was vibrating, he was shaking his seat, oh, so no. my seat was shaking, so my friend's seat was shaking. It was just like, here we yeah, go. No, here I. We go. The thing is, he calmed down once the film started, but once any action was happening or superhero stuff was excited. happening, he was arms in the air, cheering, hollering, shaking the seat. And I was like, you know, I can't, I'm not saying nothing. Like, this kid is having the fucking time of yeah. his life. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I, I, mean, I, I, I can't I'm, say a word. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I have. I have kicked the chair in front of me at a Marvel movie once or twice. <laughs> Bang! I'm so sorry. Like. <laughs> But the thing is, like, the moment when Bruce Campbell popped up on the screen, I was sat next to him. Going, yeah! <laughs> and it's like, what? what are you cheering for? Uh, do you know it's funny? I think that on Dot Stratton, like, the spoilers, but, like, I, the very last, that stupid last line, that wonderfully stupid last line that yes. he delivers, yeah. I think I might have been the only person in the... Um, in the cinema that actually laughed but it was a real kind of like Pah! like like, <laughs> yeah, like almost like a, a visceral reaction to it yeah, that was stupid and funny well, and everyone else was like oh, sorry, it will go see when we were like, yeah sorry Tom Cruise isn't in it alright get over it you fucking idiot like Linda said to me she said oh uh, what are the uh, is there a last sequence I was like alright oh, there's always a last sequence <laughs> like, yeah, the answer to that I is said, always yes we have to stay for the very very end one she's like why is that I was like because it's Bruce Campbell and she's like love love your wives always love your wives she's like okay <laughs> so then it was I understand. me, Linda, Dylan, and and Lauren. Lauren's just sat there looking on the phone like, "Why aren't we going?" Bruce Campbell's at the end. Oh, okay, <laughs> we just sit. There. There's, there's no debating. It, I, I think it. Um, I think Scarlet Witch was a phenomenal bad guy, you know, like antagonist yes. in the yeah. in the film as well. I thought she was um, yeah. she was, was brilliant. So Those scenes fun. where she was like going through the bunker after him and stuff, I was like, shit, this is scary. Right. I mean, like my mate who was with me, like he, I think three times he jumped and each time he's like, son of a bitch. He's like, <laughs> God, I don't believe it. Yeah. I was just sat there counting what I was calling the Sam Raimi-isms. The yeah. camera oh, work, yeah, the yeah, sound yeah. effects, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the illusions sure. the to Evil Dead. There. Uh, it was it was really really good fun. It yeah. was great. It was great. I mean, look, there, it wasn't without its false stuff. And like, like I'm a Marvel fanboy, so I, sure. I'm very blind a lot of times when people are like fucking no, out. I I like Venom too. I keep saying, yeah, like, I, you know, I like Venom too. Like, no, but you know what I mean. I, I'm, I, I will fully admit that yeah. I'm a guy that's like, oh, they're in costume. Like that's enough sometimes, but <laughs> I did. I really did enjoy it, but I did feel that sort of like I was like that was the biggest MacGuffin of any. Marvel movie I've ever seen where like the entire it starts with like we gotta get this good book and like for the next yeah. 90 minutes they're chasing this book get the book and Scarlet Witch is like fuck your book sets it on fire and the reaction is 
ah, we'll just do it another way. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Because we've been re- that book seemed really important for the last like ninety minutes. But it was um, other than that, it was but yeah, really. That, that also seemed to, to me very comic bookish, which I was just like, yep, yeah, I could see that in a comic book for sure. You yeah. know, them yeah. spending like six or seven, you know, issues to get this thing, and then she goes. And then you're waiting for the next issue. Yeah, yeah. but it was fun. It's yeah. definitely you know, a film fun. I could easily rewatch as well. Oh, 100 percent. You know, yeah. it, you know, yeah. all the I did also that. see the film in 3D as well, which I wasn't oh, expecting really? to. Uh, but apparently, uh, Sam Raimi in an interview with Feige said, "Yes, I deliberately chose these cameras to capture this in 3D." Nice. So, but it wasn't really advertised as much as the you know the early wave of what well, even Doctor Strange one they heavily pushed. The 3D with the kaleidoscope effects, but they didn't push it this time. Uh, yeah. But it was still fantastic in 3D. It it didn't make the film any better, you know. But it's uh, it's one hell of an experience there. No, I loved it. The um, and I said it, it was in all the the little cameos and stuff that did happen. I was kind of like it's kind of enough for me. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like yeah. it didn't need any more. Just waiting for Thor. I'm gonna, I am going to I am going to spoil it. So just warning. I am about to spoil something, but kind of not because it was sort of in the trailers. But when Patrick Stewart comes out, not just as Professor X, but in the yellow floating chair. Yeah. Oh, that was that was nice. I was like, that was really nice. Yeah, with the music. With the music. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I had a bit of a fanboy moment then. I got. I know there was loads of arguments, but seeing all of them up there, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, the Illuminati. Yeah, that's good. And I did argue as well because a friend of mine that was he did say like, oh man, I really wanted to see Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark again, like in the Illuminati, and I was like, because I said no, I'm glad he didn't now. And they're like, well, that's based on the next scene. We would have had to watch him die again, and I'm not ready for that. That would have game. Been sick, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, well, the other film that I did get to see in the cinema between uh, podcasts was The Northman. Yes. Um, I have Scar- talked Scar- about Scar- it a little bit on some of the streams. Scar- but Scar- I Scar- it was Scarsgard, yeah. Uh, the same director that did The Witch and The Lighthouse. Yes. Uh, and this one is book, so much magical. grander in scale and scope. Uh, it has a very simple, straightforward vengeance narrative, but you're mm. with him for this for, for this journey. And the sets, the actors, uh, the music, the uh, the uh, the way that it was filmed. The, the fact that it was grounded but alluded to that Norse mythology at the same time. Mm, yeah. It was quite possibly. So I don't yet? want to go into too many spoilers so or start, It's too very much. stylized. Have you seen Northman yet? No. You'd fucking all. But I, I watch it with Donna because it will. Contender yeah. for <laughs> film of the year. I think it's absolutely yeah, contender right, for film of the right, year. Right, seriously. So uh, is, I, I highly recommend it. Done, I think it's already out it on streaming well? now. I don't know. Is it done well critically? I don't know. I haven't actually looked yet. You know, I. It's but not, I, I, want, I think people should see it. It's cool. it's done well to the point that it's not fell underneath the radar and just been ignored, kind of like the That's last jewel Ridley Scott. But obviously, coming it came out like what two weeks before Doctor Strange two, so mm. I knew it was always going to get lost. But when it hits DVD, when you're watching it at home, I think it's already available on uh, some streaming yeah, sites. some streaming sites as well. Like is, it's is two, it, two and a half hours of just Vikings beating the fuck is, out. Is, of is it based on anything, or is it just a standalone movie? It, is, it stand, is, is it like it's a, a spin-off of Vikings or something? Yeah, no, no, it's not a spin-off of Vikings. No, oh, okay. Do you no, know, I, I, think I think I got confused. I, I thought think it was. it's based off a Norse legend, but it's yeah, no. Sorry, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like a pre-existing IP, like you know, like a film version. No, like when they get Serenity off a Firefly. No, 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 no. It's 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 right. I'll give it. I'll give it. I think that's the only thing that's. Did you ever see Vikings? 
Vikings, the TV series? I, I haven't watched all of it. I think I watched like the first couple of seasons. You imagine that, but like ten times bigger and with the wit. Have you seen? Yeah, the no, I get, I get. Yeah, I get. I get the premise. I was more sort of like, is it? Do I need to watch like six seasons of Vikings and then this is like no, the no, film no, finish no. or something? Because they've just no. done a new it series. Will, it'll right? help if you had some kind of knowledge of the mythology. So That's when good. you hear names that, dropped, yeah. I was like, like, you know, think God of War the movie, yeah. think Elden Ring the movie. <laughs> That's the, the well. I, I looked at Northman. I was just like, visually, this is going to be just so fucking glorious to watch. It's got Anya. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy in it That's again. Right, yeah. I can't watch that woman. Honestly, weird things happen to me when I look at that one. Oh, she God. was in um. <laughs> no, she, seriously, fucking, because she's just visually, she's just really stunning. Or she's just her face is kind of symmetrical to the point you're like, <laughs> how how did how did that happen? Like, no, like, I'm so glad you're already drinking. married. We I could watching. not take you out in the pool. Like, we were watching. Girl, your face is so symmetrical. <laughs> the guy seriously, you drink. like. We were watching Glass. What the fuck is he doing? We were watching Glass, <laughs> fucking M. Night Shyamalan's movie, and she's in that because she was in Spiral. She's the warden, right? But no, she's a she's a woman who fuck. Uh, she's the girl who helps Kevin, um, help Kevin Wendell Crumb. Oh, okay. Um, but the fact that she's like, like I said, I saw her and I saw her in that, and I'm just like, visually, she's just such a stunning woman that in Northman, sticking all this kind of like, how did she look in the Northman? Like Anna Taylor Joy, <laughs> she was. Act- I mean, she's a very minor role. She's a, an important role, but a minor role in the actual running time. Right. I think I know which role you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah highly yeah. recommend okay. it. Uh, highly recommend here's it. a film though that maybe I do recommend if you're a gorehound and you like shark movies like me. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Jet Ski last podcast, which got renamed to Shark Bait. Jetski. You know I had to go and get that movie. You had to. I had to watch it. I had to watch it. Mm-hmm. I wanted <laughs> to watch some dipshit teenagers get eaten by a great white shark. And that is exactly what I got. Spoilers, nice. everyone. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it literally, they are trapped on that jet ski within the first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So I was just like, perfect. Like, here, here we go. Like, I know the movie knows what you're here for. And for the first time in quite a lot of <clears throat> shitty CGI shark movies, this one had one of the most impressive shark shots in in the entire film. And it was something probably borrowed from The Meg mm. that came out a couple of years ago and has and is getting a sequel where you got a bird's eye shot of them on the on the, the jet ski and the shark is kind of on its side just underneath the surface swimming beside them. They, they're not aware of it, but you mm. as an audience are just seeing yeah. the, the scale of it. And I was like, that was worth that shot just to see this film because most shark movies don't give you anything. But then this one doubles down, triples down on the gory, gruesome shark chomping of limbs, torsos, skin, blood. I was like, I haven't seen this in quite some time. Like, I haven't seen this level. Even The Walking Dead's not giving me this level of gore. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I was very impressed on the gore. But all the acting was... <laughs> the music was... <laughs> we, we, <laughs> but the shark um, effects were good. We rewatched um the Jaws movies. Donna decided she wanted to rewatch the Jaws movies and stuff. We've been, we've been trying to go through sort of like series. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I just wanted to tap out after the first one, but she was like, second no, no, one's no. great. But Donna loves the second, second one as one's well. Amazing. Um, but we watched, we, so we were going through like Amazon or whatever it was that we were on Netflix and there was one just called great white that we watched. <laughs> Have you seen that <laughs> is one? This, is that oh, Spanish geez. 1970s? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fairly recent. Oh, whatever right. seeing this weekend. But it was just the fact that, um, I, I, I will instantly have this visceral reaction to any evil shark attack movie where, 
they're like, we need to fill some time, so just throw in some shots of sharks in the wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> like, stock footage. Son of a bitch. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I guarantee you if I fucking Google sharks, I'll find that footage on yeah. like the first or second page. Yeah, that 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 drives me mental. I'll give that one a look though, shark bait, if it you know if it's that gory. Like if you're gonna do a fucking shark movie these days and you're not smart enough to write one as good as Jaws, make it fucking horrific. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Just, yes. You know. And uh and that's what I got. But uh that is it for the, the catch up. Let's roll into the news, news. segment. Now, we do usually always start with talking about the passing people, away. People of be dying, man. People us. always it's be dying. Like our theme. Like, if we don't do this, I worry. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's next? <laughs> the Grim Reaper's on, on, on vacation. <laughs> it, it's a sad thing, but at the same time, we always like to celebrate these. And yes. the first one that yes. I'd like to celebrate is Fred Ward. Oh, man. He passed away at the age of 79, but uh, he'll be forever known by cult cinema fans as Earl Bass uh, in Tremors and Tremors 2. Uh, he appeared in many films and TV shows, including The Right Stuff, Cast a Deadly Spell, and one of my personal fav- favorites, Remo Williams, uh, The Unarmed and Dangerous, where he's like John Wick before John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> I love them in Naked Gun 33 and a third. Oh, that's the one I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, now Fred Ward may not have always had the starring role, but he was always just really great as the supporting role. Yes. That was where his strength was. Great voice. Yeah, I thought he had a great voice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so very sad. So uh, I think it'll be time to rewatch Tremors, I think, next week. I actually want to rewatch the right stuff. Tremors 2. Tremors 2. No, is it? Yeah, he's Tremors 2. Yeah, he's the main guy in Tremors 2. Tremors 2, for like, you know, considering it started the trend of like, we've got to to evolve. Yeah, we've got to keep evolving these creatures and it just gets more ridiculous. Like, Tremors 2 is just. Just on the cusp of it still being good. Yeah. So yeah, you can what you can. That's a legit sequel, man. That's yeah. a good. And he is good in stuff. the starring role as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, next up, I'd like to talk about Vangelis, the composer of Chariots of Fire and Blade Runner, mm, okay. has passed away also at the age of seventy-nine. Um, he was the uh, Greek composer. He topped the U.S. charts and he won the Oscar for Chariots of Fire. Uh, he was uh, his synth-driven. Uh, synth orchestra style he was self-taught um and one of the things he said about his own work uh, was that my music does not try to evoke emotions like joy love or pain from the audience it just goes with the image because i work in the moment and uh so that just to give you some kind of understanding of the how the man saw what he was doing compared to how the legacy of his music will live on forever. Yeah. When you hear the Chariots of Fire, it is mm. iconic. iconic. It is. I was just it, it, Blade it creates my head. so many images of I all sports. You know, yeah. the, yeah. the Olympic Games. It's the Chariots of Fire. Man, and of a... course, if you're a sci-fi fan, Uber fan, you know how much we treasure Blade Runner. And one of the most important parts of that film is the soundtrack. Yeah. And uh, now, I would also say, if you are a big fan of Vangelis and Blade Runner, there is a Vangelis cut, uh, extra cut of the soundtrack. Aren't we coming to an anniversary as well? Sorry, of Blade Runner, possibly. I think we are. Yes, yes, the four-year anniversary. Yeah, perfect, yeah, perfect time. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the, there, there was at least two hours of unused music for Blade Runner, Ooh, which is just nice. imp- so good to listen to as an accompaniment. So yeah, watch the film. 
Listen to music. Oh man, you so. throw that on if you're playing like like I think I said a little while ago I was playing the Mass Effect trilogy when they mm. released the legendary yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Play Perfect. that, but like you know, pop your Spotify up and get like sci-fi soundtracks and like yeah, I was I think after I was done with Alien, I was like, oh Blade Runner soundtrack, bang. Yeah. Just turn off all the fucking terrible dialogue in the first Mass Effect game. <laughs> just like, like, play that. Just read the subtitles. It's fine. <laughs> okay, now I I was kind of a little bit the the news this last month. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> There wasn't that many exciting stories, yeah, so a lot so. of them have gone into kind of quick-fire news. Uh, but uh, I wasn't even fully aware of the Dungeons & Dragons live-action movie that was being put together. But uh, they have just announced its full title, mm. which is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Is this uh, still means in the fucking line? nothing. Is this like, still in the literally- line of- the most generic. Like, yes. Because there were those Dungeons and Dragon movies, weren't there? With what? Marlon Wayne's and. Yeah, fucking, I mean, the Jeremy so Nyrons was in yes. a fucking Dungeons yeah, and Dragons that's movie, it, dude, the, which is yeah. horrifying. This is ignoring any of them. Right, right. Entirely. Okay. This is going to be big budget revamp launch of a new franchise, Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, what? What? it's. Um, yep, what? Didn't Warcraft make money? It's being directed by the yeah, same two yeah. that directed Game Night. Oh, okay. You saw that one, because that was kind of fun, kind yeah, of thriller. That was all right. Yeah. Right, so we're going to have a comedy Dungeons and Dragons movie. Another one. Wow. Well, I mean, the, the other ones were, weren't they? <laughs> so it's a parody. Well, yeah, but like, all I'm thinking is Your Highness now, but with Dungeons and Dragons on the title. I, I like Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. I like that movie. <laughs> the Dungeons and Dragons movie is starring Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. Chris. So I'm like, man, I, Chris I get Pine's confused. Chris Pine, Captain Kirk, not Chris. Was Pratt. in like in the name of the yeah. king. Do you know, I had the same thing. And all the so. other Uwe Boll fantasy movies. Wait, who else did you say? It's Michelle Chris- Rodriguez, Chris Pine. <sighs> oh my god, it is going to be in a the name comedy, of the king, a Uwe Boll fucking... comedy, bizarro, yeah. weirdness. She's I don't gonna, know if they'll get she's it. She's going to be some Amazonian kind of bow staff welding fucking thief. And he's going to be a kind of... Barbarian, I don't no, know. No, he'll be a bard a pretending bard. to be a knight who is really a bard <laughs> and he'll help her get her strength and they'll defeat the evil wizard. Who's going to be the evil wizard? I, I, I don't know, but apparently there's going to be Sam a female Neil. barbarian <laughs> who reunites with a no-talent wizard and a druid uh, in an effort to rob the cheating con man who stole their loot from the heist that landed them behind bars. I was only joking! Did you hear what you just said? And uh, there's going to be a Lord of Neverwinter is going to be the big bad. Sweet! Only the traitor is allied with a powerful red wizard who has something far more sinister in store. <laughs> so it's like such bullshit. I'm not watching that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Netflix. But, I, but I'm ass- I was going to say, I'm assuming that the thieves will all get together and defeat him, though, because yeah, of, of the tagline. Yeah, honour among thieves. thieves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there still a barbarian? If you're a female barbarian, isn't there like a... F- what, barbarian-esque? Yeah, like... <laughs> Valkyrie, I Amazonian. guess, or something. Amazonian, Amazonian yeah, depends yeah. on what... Female barbarian. Well, it, it depends on which sort of, like, you know, mythology you're just pouring into this shit. Because <laughs> D&D, free, like, we'll have yeah, a bit of Norse, some Greek wait, over it. How can Doesn't you be matter. A, how can you be a no-talent wizard? Then you would just be nothing. <laughs> You'd be rich, <laughs> Yes, no, hear me out. How can you be a wizard with no power? You're just... You'd I'm, be Rincewind. I'm a wiz... Dude, I've got no power, so am I a wizard? You could be Rincewind. <laughs> Next! 
<laughs> Kevin Feige has announced that he's been working with the creative Marvel team to plan now <laughs> the next 10 years of the Marvel cinematic and streaming yeah. Disney Plus service. I love it when people are like, man, I'm getting sick of these fucking Marvel shows. I'm like, ah, strap in, bitches. <laughs> Ten going away. Ten <laughs> don't ask so, to watch it. You go and go watch it. Don't, don't fucking watch them. <laughs> they're loving the Marvel stuff. Uh, you can be excited for Thor, Love and Thunder, Black oh, Panther, yeah. Wakanda Forever. Uh, Blade and Fantastic Four in Ooh. production still. Eternals has also been tipped to be getting a sequel along with Deadpool 3 and an Agatha Harkness series. Wait, Deadpool 3 is Disney now? Yeah. Oh. Fox. They- okay, so uh, let's be honest. I, based on Ragnarok alone, Yep. And the trailer for Love and Thunder. Mm. It looks like that's going to be great fun. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go out and say that's probably going to be up Summer there. Yeah, up there is one of my favourite ones probably because yeah. he knows what he's doing. Um, Black Panther, I honestly can't wait to see what they are going to do with it for uh, stupid story-wise, reasons, obviously. Yeah. Blade, guy whose name I can't pronounce, who's playing him, is a types? fucking, not quite, is an <laughs> Oscar-winning phenomenal actor and I can't wait to see Denzel what Denzel Washington. Yes. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Fuck me. Can you imagine though if they were like, no, but if they were like Denzel Washington is playing like an older Blade, I'd be like... Yes. <laughs> and Morgan Freeman's the older, older Blade from the yeah. future. Yeah, and he just narrates it. Um, and they're obviously Fantastic Four, we got a glimpse of that. Eternals, don't care. Deadpool 3, based on the second one, is probably going to be great. Yeah. Agatha Harkness, I love her. I love that actress. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking awesome. If you ever watch Bad Moms, I'm like, I could marry that She woman. was good in Bad Moms, but Step Brothers, when she just starts licking his face, she's I like, could marry her in that as well, <laughs> to be honest. I will be thinking about you later when I pleasure myself. <laughs> Okay, so uh, CinemaCon <laughs> was just a few days ago, and Lionsgate showcased and announced some details about John Wick Chapter 4, mm. oh, yeah. uh, and Sylvester Stallone about the Expend 4 Blells. Do you know, I was about to ask you, is that a typo? No, but that's, that's how the title. Like, okay. Expend yeah. 4 Blells. There was a trailer for John Wick in which we can expect yeah, more of the same. Um, while Expendables is promising the return of Jason Statham and Stallone and returning 80s and 90s action stars including some ones that have not been in the series so far and Eli Roth also showcased a trailer for his Borderlands the video game adaptation which is going to be starring Kate Blanchett okay that's weird. you're always like oh that could be interesting and then you remember it's Eli Roth and you're like or not oh, boy. <laughs> I liked his documentary he did about shark hunting but I still don't like his films <laughs> Did you happen to, sorry um, to mess up the list if you haven't already put it down, but did you happen to see anything on the new George Miller trailer film that he's oh, released? Oh, Idris Elba and... Um, Tilda Swindon. Yeah, I've, I've not seen the trailer, but um, yeah. I, I can't, do you know what's funny is I saw I saw a poster yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, Idris Elba, it, Tilda, it, yeah. And then I saw it's George Miller. I was like, oh, okay. 3,000 re- years of longing. Yeah, I kind okay. of saw the trailer and was like, I'm not going to watch that because I'm probably going to go see that movie. Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. I haven't I seen the trailer Based yeah. on Mad Max alone. Uh, exactly. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as they put George Miller's name to it, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Because he knows how to make an action. Well, I'm not going to see it in the cinema because people... <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm, <gonna laughs> I'm going to wait until I know you're going to the cinema, but, but, wear a wig, come in and sit there talking. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> there, there are key times to go, in, but unfortunately with the Robocop screening, you had like one screening at one Time. Right, right. So I'm, I'm going to give you a really quick tip, and this is honest. No, no, no. This is a serious thing, and this okay. will save your life when you go. Yeah. This is what I always do. Yeah. Me and, you know, you guys know Sandbags. Me and my mate, when we go to watch all the Marvel movies, we always do the same thing. Okay, he's really busy with what he does. He travels all over the place working. So I'll normally buy the tickets and yeah. basically phone and be like, tell your kids you won't see them tonight. We're going to watch Doctor Strange. <laughs> so what I do, I, I always just pay for the tickets. Yeah. Okay. Because I've paid for the tickets, I always buy like the aisle seat. 
You sure? And the one on the inside. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, you're fucking sitting on the inside. Because <laughs> then I know I'm sitting next to just him yeah. and air. And the aisle. Yes. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You need to always just, even if you're not taking anyone, no, just no. buy the other seat. I, 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 yeah, that's, that, that was my other plan. I said that to Linda today. I said, just just like, next time seat. I'm going, I'm just going to buy three, three seats, two seats. Around just be like, <laughs> yeah, listen, if someone's sitting there, yeah, my popcorn that's, that's is, it, yeah. and, I, and he's got a ticket. <laughs> yeah, move right on. There. Go over there. <laughs> that's it. That's the only time. Take okay, advantage of the ne- cheap tickets. Yeah. Next up in the news, or non-news, or rumor mill news, because this doesn't seem to want to die, but Silent Hill yep. has is all <laughs> over the internet, all over again. It's popping up everywhere with leaked images of of work that's going on with the games. There's the still well, the ongoing discussion of whether Konami and Bloober are working it's together. It's very foggy news. <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> it's very vague. Like, well done, well done. <laughs> but... Um, from the looks of things, it, everybody should just, you know, just go, whatever, at this point. Like, how much more bait can we be given about remake Silent Hill? Yeah. Silent, Silent, Silent Hill, Hill now for years has been, I mean, ever since, like, PT has just been this, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a, a, a huge fan base holding their hand out with money in the other, going, like... Yeah, we will buy Konami, it. Konami, but... if you could just stop fucking making those pachinko machines yes. and arguing <laughs> with, like, you know, fucking Kojima for, like, nine minutes and get off your own asses... But they yeah. can't because then that would because be... pachinko machines make a fuck ton yeah of it's money. a fuck ton of money but like what what storyline can Silent Hill do any more that we aren't like, but well based on the most character trends, and the, the first one yeah the characters <laughs> and the stories have to be so well done that you forget everything that's coming and you just say hey this Silent Hill game is absolutely amazing um, the chances of them actually applying that to their game. After all the shit that they've done through what downpour, yeah, and yeah. origins, they do make more money. And than you're right, yeah, pitching a machine like I'd a be lot ha- of money. Like in fairness, I'd be happy for a remake of Silent Hill Four. You know, I'd well, I mean, like we've got Dead graphics. Space coming, haven't we? We do, uh, yeah. which I'm sort oh, yeah. of like, yeah, great. Which also they announced like um, a Gears trilogy remake as well. I think um, over yeah. the weekend, which again, which was really funny because I had that Ooh. stupid reaction where I went, oh, for God's sake, how many times are they going to make me pay for those original three <laughs> games? Yeah. And then I was like, well. Once more, <laughs> yes, at least once more because I'm not strong enough to not buy them. Yeah. Like, I do, I got, like, now I've got a 4K TV I'm and an Xbox yeah, Series X, and now I can one system, yeah, yes. mm. <laughs> even though they're in my library. Yes, like, yeah, just, I do. Yeah. I we're, not, we're idiots, <laughs> they got my money already. Yeah. I didn't even know they were going to do a, a Gears relaunch. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah, man. That's I'm, Christmas done, yeah. yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> all righty, let's launch into the quick fire news. Sony Pictures announced that, yes. Venom and Ghostbusters sequels Fucking are now hell. being made. Yes, Tom Hardy will be back for the third Venom movie, but yeah, little else is known, including the direction or what have you of the next Ghostbusters as to what cast it's going to be. Uh, just I, in- I hope that the next Venom plot is just um, Eddie's got a job as an Uber driver and it's just him and Venom picking up random and, people Yes, and they film it like a reality TV show. And, uh, and it never leaves the cab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just Venom asking questions like an annoying, to, to like an annoying we're, toddler. We're, 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 we're eat yeah. them or not? <laughs> I think I need to watch fucking like there'd be kind of just to talk about it for the next podcast. <laughs> Rip it an asshole. You do what you want. I'll still watch <laughs> it again. Uh, so, uh, Justin Lin has quit Fast X. Okay. Uh, just days into production. Why isn't it called Fast 10 Your Seatbelts? It writes itself. <laughs> that's Maybe that's the tagline, that's but yeah, that is awesome. I don't know why it's right there. It's right, right there. 
Fucking asshole. So, uh, uh, Louis Leterrier has stepped in now to direct. He was the guy who did Transporter and Now You See Me. Um, but the, the, Justin Lin walking off the set came as a bit of a surprise because he's been with them for quite some time. <laughs> he also co-wrote the new script. Right. Uh, but creative differences yeah, was the reason he's given. finally had enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speculation continues with the apparent unprofessionalism of Vin Diesel on set. Ooh, so, really? Uh, what room is that? Well, oh, there dude, was a video was that say. released a couple of days ago where Vin Diesel was just kind of, I don't know. No, it was more that Justin Lin just seemed off in the background while Vin Diesel was talking to the camera, talking to Twitter. Uh, and you could just read his aura was just like I mean that was just a, a day before he walked off set and went I'm not coming back oh shit so but yeah I mean, it's, it's been around in that franchise for years where it's like it, there was r- a lot of r- family rooms it was really confirmed by the other cast where they talked about how when they brought Dwayne Johnson in Vin Diesel clearly was very threatened by him and stuff yeah because he was like he's bigger <laughs> yeah no yeah. shit by a mile mate you know and also and Vin, a much and better the, actor Paul and, and the said he's never coming back exactly yeah so there was a lot of um, yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of the Paul Walker forces, situation so. didn't make it any better either I, I've no doubt I mean that must be hard on all of them but also it's I mean let's be honest Vin Diesel's not exactly you know well right? not being a sequel that's the kind of a bit extreme <laughs> have they been to space yet I mean this is the 10th one have they done do you space know, I think yet? they did no no no, no, no I think they did go okay. to space I was going to say they must have done something I, I, have, and I say that as someone who's not seen driving? any of them I haven't seen any of them <laughs> but I think I think watching a, a YouTube list I kind no. of laugh when I listen you're about just, it and they thinking, said they did go into space yeah, I you're just thinking Vin Diesel in Guardians yeah he's been in space uh, next piece of film uh, news is that Adam Wingard's The Guest okay. might get a sequel. Is it's that... been eight years since Dan Stevens infiltrated that family. Yeah, but that on April Fool's Day good. just passed, Wingard released a sequel soundtrack, uh, despite the film obviously not existing. Um, however, in its creation, Adam and co-writer Simon Barry got into thinking and planning a sequel, <laughs> and Dan Stevens apparently said he would love to do it. So the idea is now floating around whether a movie or a limited series uh, could be something that they could sink their teeth uh, yeah, into. Yeah, it's fun. It's so, fun. Yeah, feel like it's... a bit of a fallback that it's sort of like, we've got an idea for a sequel. Yeah, we don't really want to do for a sequel for that movie. Oh, we say sequel, we meant limited series. Yes, right. <laughs> it does, it, yeah. yeah. Hey, it makes sense, though, that it's there, isn't it, as an option now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've set the character up, and then if they want to explore it in a longer format, I think it could work. I, mean, like, yeah, I was going to say, and then, it, I mean, we're about to talk about it for, you know, in the second part about how that yeah. can work, and we've seen it with like even stupid things like Cobra Kai where it's got no business but you start fleshing these characters out all of a sudden you've and got it's like so much, it's fascinating I mean, you've, yeah. you've, you've not seen it but have you ever seen Jack uh, Reacher Gary I've seen Jack Reacher no, you, no but you've never seen The Guest oh no not The no, Guest I haven't sorry. watched it no. you haven't seen Jack oh, I, I saw, I, I saw all the trailers. trailers all I'm thinking now is Jack Reacher versus the guy from The Guest and who would win in that the guy from The Guest I think I don't know. You I don't just, know. Be pretty, dude, that new Jack Reacher? I wouldn't fight him with a gun. I don't know. The guy from The Guest is a <laughs> at range. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. If I had 20 good feet between us, I'd be like, oh, he looks fast. Uh, we got some scream news. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Hayden Panettiere, Kirby, uh, will be returning to the, the Kirby? Scream franchise. That's her character name. Oh, well, the little fact... Yeah, I was, no, I was no, thinking, no, no. like... Right, okay. Hay- Hayden Panettiere, her name was Kirby. She was in the... Not the most recent Scream film, but she was in the one before it. Right. And so when... You know, most characters that survive a Scream movie end up in the next one. Right. And are she, usually she the killer. And yeah. usually the killer, but she, she wasn't there. Oh, sorry, so that's she's, Saw. Sorry, my bad. That's Saw. So spoilers for the new Scream movie that's coming out yeah. next October. It's going to be Kirby the killer. 
Uh, but yeah, they haven't announced if uh, other survivors from the previous movie are coming back yet. But you, you know the namesakes are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but an interesting bit of casting news. I Christopher this, yeah. Walken is going to be playing Emperor Shaddam IV in Dune Part 2. Sand everywhere. Sand. <laughs> gotta get the spice. Get the spice, man. <laughs> I think he's, uh, I think it's a perfect bit of casting. Uh, I, re- I mean, I really no. enjoyed <laughs> Dune Part 1. Uh, I really just want... You're I desperately want trying to knock out a Walken <laughs> impression, aren't you? Can't do it, just can't do it. I'll be honest, because I, I, I'm not the biggest Doom fan or anything like that, so I don't know the character at all. However, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, have, I, I mean, I ain't going to see it until they're all out. Uh, sure, I'm sure. just going to yeah. watch them all in a while. I was going to do that, but yeah. I caved. I caved. Uh, the League or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reboot is now in the works. Really? Disney now own the oh, rights after they shit. brought it from 20th Century Fox. And now they're looking to make a new adaptation because they think enough time has passed since Sean Connery bowed out of no, acting. No, because I watched it two days ago on Film 4 and you it's still it really good. <laughs> Man, I know, I know a few people like it, but yeah. I, I oh, didn't. No, I mean, it's a heinous piece of shit, but it I is. didn't say I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Man, it's not, I, Eddie, I it's not as bad as Eddie. It. But unfortunately, it, it tanked, it bombed what did critically, I tell you about commercially. <laughs> it, did, it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it did, yeah, it, you're right. But what we know is it has suffered loads of production problems, it is nowhere as close to the comic book, and if I... If yeah. You, like... There's the some mo- great characters in that story. Dude, that, that, so comic, that comic is the moment you said it's the moment you said it's owned by Disney. I'm like, well, they can do whatever the fuck they want with it, and yeah. they will probably do something good with it. Yeah, because the I worst they can so. do with it is yeah, put Sean all the Connor characters in, it. in there are great. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to see that. That Dude, was fun. That was 90 minutes of like that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about Dead Space uh, remake coming out. They've announced January twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. It's going to be on PS five, Xbox, and PC. So uh, yeah, the original released in two thousand and eight, oh, really? and now next January we'll have the remake. I watched the. Um, I'd love it for the Switch. I, wa- I watched the uh, dude. He couldn't run it. I, I watched the tech demo of it. Um, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'll get it for the Steam Deck. For your Steam Deck, what <laughs> Steam Deck? Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, the Supernatural, the 15 season long running show, which ended a little while back, the prequel series has been ordered uh, into a full season based on the strength of the pilot episode. Nice. Uh, Jensen Eccles will be returning in voiceover form, narrating the backstory of how his parents met and began hunting demons. So I don't know how long the story can really go for. You won't be watching it, will you? I'm going to give I, it a I, go. I only watch Supernatural. Oh, so. man, you should. I mean, I enjoy fucking... Supernatural a lot, yeah. but I don't know if I really can. I don't think this story needs to be told, but I think uh, is it the, the CW or the channel that's running it yeah. just wants to keep that momentum oh, yeah, yeah, of Supernatural gonna... going because it... it was so strong after 15 yeah. years. It's, got, so it's a huge following. It could have kept going, you know, but I they need, they yeah. the ones that, like, like, we need to stop now after 15 years. I was years. always amazed with Supernatural. I remember watching the very first episode and thinking, hmm, this isn't going to last. And then you kept hearing what three or four times that they were going to cancel it, and they just kept renewing it for the next season and next season, and next season. Yeah, but and a lot of 15, series do that, like you know, uh, not Brooklyn Nine Nine had it. Yeah, but fifteen seasons. Super- oh yeah, yeah, it outlasted yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones of cancellation. It outlasted Game of Thrones. Yeah, and even their final season made sense. They yeah, outlasted Dexter. It had a super you know? sweet ending as well. So fucking yeah. yeah, most shows don't get to do that. Which is, uh, I, I, I think it's definitely one that I would, if I had time, I would definitely go back and just 
binge watch. I'd get. I, you know what? Might get that for Linda for Christmas. Box set. Spoilers. Yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> oh, what, will I watch this? I'm like two men. Do Dude, she knows now. Yeah, no, <laughs> She'll have to tell me no, won't she? Well, here's another show coming back after a, a, a three-year break. Black Mirror mm. will be coming back with a new season on Netflix. They've said that uh, it won't be as long as earlier seasons in uh, episode count again, but each episode is being treated like a mini film in terms of its scale and its production. Nice. Um, but uh, the reason why there hadn't been that many Black Mirror episodes was because of copyright or rights issues with the title, with the original parent company, which was, I think, Channel 4. They say that. Yeah, Charlie so, Brooker wrote it, right? Charlie Brooker, yeah. Did he yeah. Did he do all of them? He or? did, yeah. All oh, right, so this yeah. is him coming back well, to do it. Well, the thing is, he also said, like, I don't really... Charlie Brooker said he doesn't really feel like writing Black Mirror right now because the state of the world is so... The way yeah, it is, he was just like, "Do I that. really want to make more of this yes. right now?" He he he, he so should. He was. He said because he was he's happy the one doing, best person to do it. Happy doing other other projects right now. But, but it but... must be so psychologically torturing because he's basically writing stories based on what he's seeing and making a mockery and a joke of it and then putting it out and everyone goes oh yeah that's really funny because it's kind of Laugh satire to, to what the real world's like. Oh, turn TV off and you're looking at the yeah. Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. Squid Game, so successful that a season two might drop sometime in 2023 or even 2024. It was all right. But the sequel season is now very much happening. Uh, they quoted, humanity is going to be put to a test through those games once again. Huang told Vanity Fair, I want to ask the question, is true solidarity between humans possible? No. So, no, yeah. <laughs> more Answer humans being dicks to each other yeah. until they're not. Until most of them are dead. Yeah. Squid Games 2. <laughs> it's, yeah. Expect more I, of the same, but upped again. As I will honestly say that I think Squid Game was one of the most overrated shows <laughs> in no. the last like five years. And I'm not yeah. saying that I didn't yeah. necessarily enjoy all of it. It's just, I was very much like, I'll, I'll right. partially it's agree okay. with you with that because it, <laughs> it, it came out at such the right time that the world watched it. But for me, I never watched it, and it was just like, "Why didn't you watch it?" And I'm like, "Well, because I've seen Takeshi's Castle and Battle Royale. <laughs> I don't want to watch a fucking Netflix series about Spoilers. it." Spoilers! At oh, the end, but, they do ride around in little castle shooting. But, but then you don't know about the story, Ian. Oh wait, let me guess. The tra- the guy in the trailer that the camera kept focusing on is looking for some way to actually save the day so he can pay the money to save his friends or families. And they're going to go for a season uh, uh, soon too. But to me, it's like a film. Squid Games would have been a film. That you would just go rid of half of the backstory. The, the last, yeah. I gotta admit, the last few episodes, I was like, just like, just fucking end it. Just the, kill him. Just I, I, kill him or don't. The first episode and <laughs> don't the last care. episode were the two, were the two weakest episodes for me. Agreed. But uh, agreed. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that was a lot of the problem I had with it is that but, ending was it, such a fucking damp squib that yeah. I was like. But that's it. It came out at such a right time because it's on Netflix. Young teens are watching it, so it gets a massive popularity boost, especially if you're watching it all over the world. And like I said, those people were like, "Oh, have you seen this?" And I'm like, "No, but watch Battle Royale. Yeah. That's kind of what this is based on." Yeah. I'm hoping people. Did I mean, that. at the same time, when Squid Games released, we were in a you know a lockdown. Yeah, and yeah, so we were yeah. starved for new entertainment, and so when it dropped. Like everyone was like, well, I've seen everything else. I might as well watch this now. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. We're sat there going, oh my God, look at all those people locked in that room. That must, <laughs> that must, that must, suck. That must suck. Oh, wait. Right. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Well, that's it for the film news, but we do have a couple of trailers to talk about yes. today. Uh, and this is one that's uh, been, been popped up a couple of times the last couple of weeks. And that is the new Resident <laughs> Evil 
Like, raise your hand if you think this is going to be bullshit. Cares? <laughs> oh, I, what a... I, I, you know, you know oh. sometimes when you watch something that's established and you go, oh, okay, so they're taking it in another direction. <laughs> that could be interesting. That It's like that, except you cut off the fucking this could be interesting bit, I think. It's just yeah. like, where the fuck are they going with this? Um, yeah. yeah, so two children um, go into a town and there appears to be an, uh, an evacuation because there's a viral outbreak. But the two children, I'm really hoping it's not clear on Chris. Um, but I don't believe <laughs> no. it is. I think Albert Wesker's their dad. Yes. Um, and obviously they've decided to uh, change Albert Wesker from a blonde guy to a African-American guy. Um, it's Netflix, he, so he's probably he, he, work, he works for <laughs> Umbrella. Um, I, I honestly, mate, I just um, it's it's it, it's it's is this to reboot, revamp, or just it's, to it's, hold it's on to just, the license? It's, it's, it's just, just to keep poking thing. this dead corpse. Right. It's just like I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd like I look at it. I'm like, what continuity of any does this fit into? Isn't like, it weird as well that we're in a time as well where the games have kind of hit their stride again? Mm-hmm. You know, in that you know, in that wonderful way of like. If you, if you think about the Resident Evil games, because I'm a huge fan of it. I don't know I was ragging on the movies, but in my defense, it's only because they're fucking terrible. Um, you've got like those first three that are like a trilogy, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, then you've it, got four, five, and six. It's like trilogy. another trilogy, yeah. way yeah. worse. And now they've come back with this much yeah. better trilogy that we're yeah. two thirds of the way through. Yeah. We're in this golden age of like Resident Evil storytelling in the games. Yes, it's like Capcom says. They to them, just they just can't. They can't get. Do you want to make a Resident right. Evil project? Yes. Okay, but you cannot use this, 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 or this. You can only put Capcom and Resident Evil on your project. It does feel like it's being made by people that are being. So- you know, there was this game, right? And it came. People were in a house, and there were zombies. One of them was called Chris. Anyway, <laughs> write me a series. Make it a movie. Now, now make it a series. Man. Oh, the the bad corporation called Umbrella. All right, cheers, cheers it, Steve. It's, it's the same thing that's that's happened right now to fans of Halo, the Halo TV series. I was so ready to watch that, and the reviews coming out the gate, I was like, <laughs> oh, I might, I might move this down the priority oh list my. a little bit. It took nine episodes, right, for nothing to happen. Like, did he take it, his helmet off as well? Uh, he took it. He takes his it, oh. question. Question. He oh. takes his helmet off, you know and then it's off the rest of the season. Oh, no. Question, though, Gary. He totally, totally judged dreads that shit. No, the Stallone version. Yeah, I was going to say because yes. Dread got it right. Yes. You know. <laughs> question though, worse, most worse, Halo the series or Picard? Picard. So you'd watch Halo. <laughs> you'd watch Halo series over Picard. Wasn't the wasn't the answer I thought. It, we were I knew gonna it was going to be. It was tough. It was like you know, they're both burning dumpsters. You know, <laughs> there, there was great things in Picard. There were some great things in Halo. I enjoyed watching both of them, even though I, I, I had you know Picard started so high, dropped so low, <sighs> but ended okay. You're right. Halo had one action scene in the first episode, and then. A kind of an action scene like episode seven and part of an action scene in the last episode. Wow, that's oh my bad. god. The rest of it was just How dialogue. can you not have when you it's, finally it's, got Master Chief looking like Master Chief on the screen as well? Because yeah. he does, you watch that trailer and it's like, that yeah. is a live action Master Chief. That's yeah. perfect. 
it should just been that trailer every episode. Yeah, be ever, right. Um, Most of the so dialogue should be can't talk fighting. <laughs> doosh, 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 yeah, doosh, doosh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I love uh, so many, so many that. characters. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. So many characters in this Halo show that don't exist in either the books or the games. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I love that. The Halo series is we... terrible. Why can't hear the dialogue? Why? Because there's so much <laughs> gunfire. I mean, do you wonder if dying. that's the problem as well? Because isn't that everything we say all the time? It seems to be. It's like. Right, we're gonna we're gonna take this IP and we're gonna make a movie out of it. Okay, great. But I want to take half the characters that you know and love, and just bin them off to replace them with other characters yeah. for no reason. Yeah. As in, in the same way that it's like you know, Jokovic in Resident Evil. It's like, yeah. oh, is that Jill Valentine? No, that's Alice. Who? Ah, just wait. You but what you've got? It's the same thing. You've got all the, They're all yeah. there. You don't need to. Uh, I think that's a lot of the problem. Maybe it's the same thing they, they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Next trailer was the the trailer for Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic Daniel Radcliffe film. Yes, um, <laughs> and apparently the film will showcase Yankovic's rise to fame, his early parody tunes, and all of the depraved love affairs of his life. Uh, I, you know, Daniel Radcliffe has played some bizarre roles. You know, he he went and He's made a, a bunch of independent films after Harry Potter. That fart in Complete... dead body one was good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Guns Akimbo, Guns great, Akimbo. great fun. Uh, Did he have so sex this one, horse? he looks like he's ne- he's got this in Equus, the, the stage show. Smoothly. I don't know that he fucked a horse, but he was naked. He was naked of a horse. So yeah. sorry, we were just yeah. Trailer, Daniel Radcliffe. Tra- trailer work. looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did say it's like watching it was funny in it where it's like it's done that Hollywood thing where it's like Weird Al Yankovic, great, but then you see Daniel Radcliffe as him, and here looks great, and then he's on stage with his shirt off. Daniel Radcliffe's pretty well put together, and you're like. Weird Al never had abs. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Maybe that's his very early years before he just... Well, when he was still deadlifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about Avatar. Yes, let's talk about Avatar. The Way of the Water. This is the sequel, so there's going to be two more movies after this. Back to Pandora. This is the, this is the beginning of a trilogy now. Sam Worthington so, comes Sam back. Sam Worthington is back. Now, I have to say, obviously, I was... I saw the trailer for Avatar 2 in the cinema in 3D because it came on before uh, Doctor Strange. And I had no idea I was going to get an Avatar trailer in 3D. And it wasn't an action-packed trailer. There was no guns being fired or dinosaurs, but I know they're in there. (laughs) Uh, And it it would just beautifully reminded you of Pandora, that world, the music, the cinematography, the lighting, the immersion in 3D. I was just like, you know, that the, the Pandora Avatar 2 trailer in 3D was so much more impressive than anything that appeared in Doctor Strange. Like, I, you, I'm, I'm happy to see Avatar 2 in 3D. No, the 3D was amazing. Yeah, you're just talking about the application of the actual effect. Yes, of right? the actual effect. Ah, right, Com- right. In comparison to Doctor Strange, I was like, right. Sam, you may have shot it in 3D, but I don't think you... No, you're not you didn't camera ex- You are not James Cameron, you're not James Cameron. unfortunately. Cameron. And the skill level difference between in the technology is so apparent in that trailer. I was flabbergasted. Now, say what you will about Avatar 1 and its lazy storytelling. Oh, it's good, recycling recycling <laughs> all, all of those stories we already know. But uh, still, that, that world building. Uh, so sorry, I, I, will, I will probably end up having to fucking watch Avatar in the cinema because Donna was a huge fan yeah. of the 3D effect in the first one. It was so, so good. So she kind of meant, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see it just for the 3D effect. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go to this fucking movie. Right? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I'm I'm kind of like... Prediction. I Will Avatar 2 
overtake Avengers again. They, oh, it won't have as to. As the highest. Because he's re-releasing Avatar again, isn't he? Oh, really? Yeah. He's putting that one back in. And well, uh, there we go. Then. And, so and, and then you'll watch all four of them. So it'll just be, yeah. Yeah. Okay, next trailer. Final trailer. Prey. Uh, Prey, it's a good film. The, the, yeah, the, the, the fifth standalone Predator movie, not including Aliens. Man, it's being released on Hulu. That's a, yeah, but that doesn't matter. Does that even make it a movie, or is that even no, just... No, but dude, it, like everything TV. releases on streaming services now, so it doesn't matter where it's being released. But, okay, honestly, if you were making a Predator movie, and you were like, don't, I'd be like, don't put it in cinemas. No one's going to see a Predator no, movie no, in the fucking cinemas. No, no, you need to put it in cinemas if no, it's don't. going to be that good. It's not, it's <laughs> not, not going to be that it's good. It's not going to be that good. But, dude, no, if you think about it, it is not a franchise that has the, you know, the, the box office draw. It just isn't. No. Disney have the franchise, yeah? Yes. And if they're going... Uh, th- well, no, I don't this, know what they've got because this, the last one isn't on Disney+. They, Plus. No, uh, Pre- is it just the Predator? No, they, they've got Predator. They should be. No, they, 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 they still own Well, they've, they've got Predator 1 and 2 and, and Predators. Yeah, but so that's they, what I'm saying. The latest so, one isn't on there. Right, so they're getting, ready to, they're, hmm. they're getting ready to drop that because they have all three of them and at some point they're going to have all of them. This doesn't even feel like it's got their production backing. Well, I mean, give From it a break because it's... It's a two-second. Yeah, promo. from the fifteen, yeah, is, yeah. from the second trailer, I, I know I'm already picking at it, but I don't care because I'm a Predator fan. I'll, I'll be honest. After seeing the trailer, I looked online to see the if the Dark Horse comics yeah. were available, the ones that were released in the '90s. Marvel releasing a new uh, stand-up on the mm. bus. Nice, ninety-nine pound in in September. That's I, cool. I, I pre-ordered it. Nice, because I'm like <laughs> I, I have to own them, but. Well, that's how much of a fan I am. From the trailer, I didn't understand why a predator would use its plasma caster against a bow and arrow. Because he was holding it. Because it's still a weapon that could kill the predator. No, a bow and arrow should no. A bullet's bad. Well, do you remember at the end when he was when he was fighting Arnie? You yeah. know, and he was just there with his fucking lit to- with, a grenade, with a grenade no, on the end of the arrow. Yeah, this guy's got a fucking flint head because this must also, be what? Listen, what you got to remember, years? it's a teaser trailer. But yeah. what did the, what did those three dots instantly do? Oh, it's a Predator movie. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's not called, for one, then, it's not called Predator. It's uh, called Prey. And then in, yeah, the, yeah. in the actual Prey, those dots will not be in it, just like in Predator. <laughs> when you saw the dots, they'll just take things. Probably. Yeah, right, whatever. The only the only thing that has me excited for Prey is the director that's attached to it, and it's Dan Trachtenberg, hmm. and he directed Ten Cloverfield Lane and some of the boys, the TV series on Amazon. He directed some yeah, of those episodes. I like Ten Cloverfield Lane. Now Ten Cloverfield Lane is a it's a it's a tight claustrophobic thriller. Uh, the psychological warfare between between the two. John Goodman, one of my favourite roles yep. of his yeah. in Ten Cloverfield Lane. And I do, I do wonder if Ten. I always wonder is like is Ten Cloverfield Lane more like because of what director is, or is it more just does it all hinge on John Goodman's performance? Performance. Yeah. So, so interesting to see now yeah. whether this director, yeah, out of the studio of the boys and out of Ten Cloverfield Lane, what he can do with the Predator. Um, I, I, you know, I've heard the rumors that this is going to be a PG movie, and, oh. and that is the thing that upsets me. Is because when I see a Predator movie, I want to see somebody get blown to pieces by a plasma cannon. I want to see a bunch right. of skin. I fuckers. want to see a bunch of people get skinned. Yeah. I want to see the Predator taking clean trophies. in the skull, fucking right. spine out, I reckon, ass with it. I, I want to see all the Mortal Kombat fatalities. If you're, yes, right, exactly. if you're right, though, if it's a PG, did you say it's a series? Though? So, no movie. Uh, so movie. it's a movie. So you said it's a PG, though. Um, Law-wise, if they go real deep with the law, and it works, we'll be calling its praises. So that means yeah. 
no plasma casters. That means only spears and claw-like weaponry. And if he spends... But it's the thing about an alien that kills people. It's got to be gory. It's got to be gory. Sorry. No, no, no. Not, not, not if... Yes. Not not if he takes out the takes out a few people and then chases the main character throughout the rest of the movie and then she takes him out. Are you, are you seriously telling me that in a Predator movie you'd be happy if the Predator killed two people and then ran after someone for the rest of the ninety minutes, <laughs> who then kills him? If the if the atmosphere, cinematography, and lore work and keep me engaged and and nope. keep me engaged on the story, yes, no, yeah. Body count. I, I, mate, no, body count. No, no, and I'll give you an example. Yeah. The Predator had a body count, and I'm never going back. Well, I haven't seen I, that one, to be fair. Well, fuck you! <laughs> Why? Because well, go watch The Predator, and then come back to me and be like, no, don't have a body count. Well, yeah, but I don't think the fact go that it has predator. a body count is going to be the, just the problem, is it? The is it maybe going to be all the actually, Predator hybrids actually, that they make yeah. might be a little actually, bit more of an issue? In fairness, you liked Venom too, so you probably <laughs> like that. You'll probably like the Predator. It's got fucking um, Thomas Jane in it. And he's got, um, what's it? He's got, oh, what's it called? Tourette's. Yeah. yeah. I remember you saying, yeah. Yeah, you should watch it. Next. Prey, coming August. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the first part Ooh, of the podcast. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss Hannibal the Cannibal. Yes. Hannibal. Fist bumps! And welcome back to part two of the podcast where we are going to be discussing. Hannibal, that ran from 2013 to 2015 with 39 episodes, 13 episodes per season, and it was created by Brian Fuller, who's now working on Star Trek, or worked on Star Trek Voyager, and now working on Discovery. He worked on Heroes and Pushing Daisies, American Gods, and one of my favourites, Dead Like Me. Nice. And uh, Hannibal was, it, it came and went in three short seasons. Cancelled was it came and went in three short seasons, cancelled before its time because of rights issues. But something that has grown and is still growing quite a cult following. It was shocking and impressive the time it was on network television. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, well, it's I think it's going to stand out as sort of like one of those how did they get away with it shows. I think <laughs> yes, that's do it. so um, yes. So what I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to I'm going to kind of go through the overview of it, and then we're going to sort of discuss like it season by season. So we'll put the spoiler warning out now, even though as we mentioned, like you know, this was we're going back to like 2013 here, but yeah, spoilers. We're going to spoil the shit out of it, but we're not going to go into every single little gritty detail of it. So um, obviously, as we've mentioned, it's a it's a series set in the world of Thomas Harris, who obviously wrote Hannibal, Rising, Science of the Lambs. Red Dragon and Hannibal. Stars Mad Mickelson as Hannibal, Hugh Dancy as Will Graham, and Lawrence Fishburne as Jack Crawford. Uh, as Gary said, the season first premiered in uh, April 2013 after an order of 13 episodes and ran for three seasons until August 2015. Uh, it was originally planned in as seven seasons. Yes. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, due to, well, currently planned in as seven seasons. Yes. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, due to, well, you know, low viewership and. Uh, rights issues like I said it was unfortunately cancelled mm. 
So the series received some critical acclaim with the performances of the lead actors and the visual style of the show being singled out for praise. The first two seasons each won the Saturn Award for Best Network Television Series, while both Mickelson and Dancy won Best Actor, with Lawrence Fishburne winning Best Supporting Actor for Season 2. The third and final season won the inaugural Best Action winning Best Supporting Actor for Season 2. The third and final season won the inaugural Best Action Thriller Television Series, well, guest star Richard Armitage, uh, who you'll probably remember from The Hobbit, who's Thor and Oakenshield, won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, like the best-looking dwarf in the world. One Best Supporting Actor. A show garnered a cult following, considered by critics and audiences as one of the best series of the horror genre and one of the greatest TV series of all time. Uh, for me personally, this is a show that I watch all three seasons at least once a year. And it's normally around this time because I always go on holiday. Like I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks, and I always seem to watch it just before I go on holiday for some reason. It's a food thing. I don't know. So the series it focuses on FBI profile Will Graham, who is recruited by Jack Crawford, the head of the behavioral sciences of the FBI, to help investigate a serial killer in Minnesota. So with the investigation weighing heavily on Graham, Crawford decides to have him supervised by forensic psychiatrist Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Initially, Lecter, who, spoilers, is a secret cannibalistic serial killer, all right, just well, in case, I think not to bury the lead. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the role is already made famous in Silence of the of Lambs. Of course, it is. You know, an Academy Award winning role as it, well. Exactly. Frankly, so yeah. anybody stepping into that role was going to have to uh, he, uh, he make had it their own because there was no way you could wear those same shoes and get no, away with absolutely. it. Um, and in this, like Hannibal, he, he does work to sort of manipulate the FBI from within. Uh, but the bonds he builds with Graham begin to threaten his longevity. And Lecter is fascinated by Graham's ability to emphasize with psychopathic murderers and try and sort of push the boundaries of his uh, fragile sanity in order to eventually attempt to turn him into a killer himself. Mm. Now, the, the series has got this kind of like hyper realism to it, um, with all the murder scenes being these like incredible like tableaus these canvases like of devastation pieces. Yeah, yeah absolutely you know? and they are um, grotesque they, they yeah. are there's a lot of there is a lot of how you're getting away with this moments um I, i'll be honest you, again you, you have to suspend your belief a fair amount when it comes to these because i'm yeah. pretty sure there's a few of the scenes that would have required hannibal to operate a bulldozer <laughs> in order to right. achieve it you know? <laughs> yes exactly like I don't, I don't know if at any point when they're investigating some of them, where he's like, someone's like, he's working alone, and you're like, fucking how? He did that overnight. <laughs> There's 19 bodies here. You know? <laughs> but anyway, but again, like we're saying, you know, it's uh, it's something that you have to, you know, sort of suspend you, your belief you for. You really, in, really have to because yeah. I got, and it's worth it. I got frustrated yeah. at first with it because yeah. I was like, I, I'm trying to believe this is real. Um, but uh, the, yeah, you, you just have to get past it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like it, it's the same with the dialogue. Everyone talks in this in these it's really wonderful, flowery, really flowery. But you kind of again, you can forgive it because you're like, well, they're all very educated. You know, sort of like yeah, top yeah. of their field. I, I, yeah, I heard yeah, someone yeah. say that it's you almost know? like ASMR. Yeah. Right, it's that kind because of, they they all speak in almost like a monotone, mm -hmm. but uh, they literally are regurgitating a thesaurus. You you would you, honestly an entire dictionary it, of big words. Yeah. You, but, as a, if you were a fly on the wall, you'd be stood in the room going, "I'm the dumbest person in this room." <laughs> yes, it, it does yeah. give that impression. You know? yeah. Like as much as I understood everything they said, 
the, when they turn to me and go, what do you think? I'm going to be like, yeah. yeah what you and, said. and Hannibal's looking at you <laughs> like, good. I'm going to eat you. Pro- I don't think he would. <laughs> the thing is, that what's interesting is all of the, the, like the, the, the micro expressions of the, of the actors in those scenes. Because even though all the dialogue is back and forth, mm. and there is almost like a cat and mouse game mm. between these therapy sessions, because the Will Graham character, uh, he, you know, he puts himself in the mindset of these killers... But he is, his mental state is degrading mm. the more he puts himself in there to help the FBI. And that's the reason why he's been partnered with Hannibal, is that he is trying to help Will, supposedly. Yeah, Hannibal's to, there uh, to, to basically overcome. keep an eye on him for Jack, because Jack is aware that he's putting Will into these bad circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the main characters of the series before we go into the actual series. Yeah, so, please. you know, and again, if you've seen, if you've seen the, um, if you've read the books, if you've seen the um, the, the, the other movies, then you know you'll you'll know most of these. There's a few gender swaps, but they work, you know, as well, and they're not egregious or anything. I mean, again, I'll say I'm I've read all the books. Uh, I've recently re-read them, re-listened to them on Audible as well. So I, for me, I'm a huge Thomas Harris fanboy in the way that, like, if you actually if you walk into my house. When you walk into the the first room you walk into is actually the dining room. And there's a reason that I've got like a cobalt blue wall. And on that wall is a really nice replication of the red dragon and the woman clothed in sun. (laughs) With like a skull and Anyway, it's like, that was my one. Like, Donna was kind of like, you're not seriously going to do that, are you? And I was already hanging the picture like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like me with Vigo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, I was going there. That's going over us while we're eating. Um, So we've got um, Hugh Dancy playing Will Graham. Now, he's a gifted gifted criminal profiler and hunter of serial killers. Uh, Will visualizes himself committing the murders he investigates to understand the killer's behaviors throughout the series. And that's, it's one of the mechanics that they use in, most episodes especially within that first season yeah um graham's involvement in the investigation takes a huge toll on his psyche and the emotional relationship between graham and lecter forms the foundation of the series hannibal played by mads mickelson is his performance not surprisingly is absolutely my favorite part of the show yeah um he manages to portray this like this monster as you know this debonair educated socialite who's just you know What's honestly weird is how likable he is. Yeah. Suave, sophisticated, just, just, charming. Yeah. Oh, so charming. Yeah. You know, um, he's a great looking guy, but he really epitomizes that person suit that is Hannibal Lecter. You know, um, when because when he turns in any episode where he does, when he is about to do something frantic, and there's some, some episodes later in the sort of series, like where he gets fully unleashed. Yeah. And you're like, like he knows how to fight. He's, yeah, you know he's a combat specialist. Yes, everything yeah. about that, him. So it's and, a big, and it's believable. It, it's you a know. nice gradual reveal of who Lecter is. Because I mean, yeah, almost man. anybody I mean, you, you watching don't see Hannibal, for, you don't see him for like the, the first two thirds of that pilot episode. That's true. Yeah, they they, they I mean, it's the same as Silence of the Lambs. You don't immediately start with Hannibal. You build to it. You build yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. and I think that goes in part with uh, audiences maybe watching it for the first time, yet alone reruns. Is you you when you go in to watch Hannibal. Almost everyone already knows who he is. He's one of the iconic horror yeah. villain characters. Yeah. So you already know. So all the kind of pretense that we're watching with this show, we already know he eats people. Yeah. We already know that he gets caught. But I, I, I would, I would also imagine if maybe somebody by chance didn't know 
you know, that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's dad, that you didn't yeah. know that yeah, yeah. Hannibal was a cannibal. If you, if, Watching if you imagine this show, that, yeah. I think, I think he gives such a performance that you can get an, in, an inclination that he is manipulating people, that he is pulling the strings from behind the scenes uh, in in a very manipulative and crafty way, and that mm. comes across in his performance. Oh, so even so though well. even if you were aware of him or not aware of him, you get a sense that he's doing something that he probably shouldn't be. I, I'm I'm actually really jealous of anyone that watched this show not knowing not knowing what yeah. Hannibal yeah. was because to have that it, shock it, reveal it takes if you you're watching every and the reason he's so personal is like personal because you're watching every single episode. He's having people at his house for dinner. Yeah. He's putting on these elaborate dinners, dinners for yeah. them. And look, it's explained as well. Because again, it's the, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's such a pretentious show. It's like he very early, you know, uh, I think he's Jack Crawford. He says like, you know, about the way he presents food. And he says, I was a surgeon. Someone died. I decided I was going to turn my sort of like gift for anatomy into the culinary arts. And so everything he, he presents is a show. Yeah. And then it's only like, there's one scene about halfway through when uh, s- some of the pathologists are sort of like dissecting the bodies, going, "This one's missing a spleen. This one's mm. missing a liver," and, I, mm. and it's Will that, when he says about the uh, the serial killer who's known as the Chesapeake Ripper, who is Hannibal, which they don't know at this point. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> he kind of says about like, you know, who takes a spleen out of a guy and who does this because they're thinking about black market organ sales. And I think yeah. it's Will that says something like, "Maybe the Ripper's making sausage," and it's interspersed by this montage of Hannibal making, making food, making sausage, <laughs> making all these things. So if you don't know, uh, when you hit that point, you're like, oh my God, this guy's a cannibal. And then you have that realization that every scene I've watched of him serving someone food, they've, they've been cannibalized. Yes. Yeah. So as much, yeah. So in a way, anyone walking into the, um, into it blind, actually very envious of them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's Um, funny because, uh, just, uh, Quickly, sorry. Um, in the in Hannibal, the sequel movie with Ant- yeah. Anthony Hopkins, that he had that dinner sequence. Yeah, yeah, you do finally see it. Yeah, which obviously it was was pre the the movie. So while I've been watching the sequences, obviously playing while we've been talking, having him having all those guests around makes you hungry, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's, uh, <laughs> even though you know what it is, <laughs> like, is it like an ego? It's, it's it's a crazy ego thing with the character of Hannibal that he is so smart that he knows he's smarter than everybody else, and yeah. he is smarter than everybody else. Well, you see that. A lot, and it, a lot of that is his performance and his facial thing. There, there yeah. is a scene where he throws a dinner party and he does make a joke to say nothing on this table is vegetarian yeah. and everyone's tucking in and you just see his face enjoying it yeah. just looking and at him like, somebody's <laughs> like I'm feeding you someone I'm right fe- now yeah. uh, it, it's very yeah. it's a ritual for Hannibal yeah, it, it is, is absolutely yes. his mantra it is um, so again just continuing with the cast we've got Lawrence Fishburne playing Jack Crawford in nice. personally what I think in the same way that I would say that Mads Mikkelsen is my Hannibal. I don't mind saying that. To me, yeah. Mads is my Hannibal. Jack Crawford, um, portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne, I think it's Lawrence Fishburne's best performance that yeah. I've personally seen him in. Now, And before that, I would go back to sort of like Boys in the Hood. I really enjoy him and stuff yeah. like that. But I, I, I honestly... Over these three seasons, it's phenomenal. I'm actually—he was good as Perry White. It, it's the drama. He, you feel like he cares White. as uh, an employer for his agents, but it's also yeah. uh, his his um, his marriage and his uh, his ailing wife, mm. which is a pivotal part of the story. It is, yeah. Um, the you know, and his range is really really good. Yeah, I think because obviously, yeah. I mean, he's uh, Lawrence there. Uh, Jack Crawford is the agent in charge of the behavioral science unit of the FBI in Quantico, Virginia. And he's he's portrayed as deliberately sort of pushing the limits of Graham's sanity to in order to fully exploit his gift. Right. Um, but again, it, it's all about him 
it's all about, you know, sort of like the toll that it also takes on him. No, it's basically you knowing, like, I'm sending someone that I like off and I know what this is going to do to him. Yes. But at the end of the day, I've got to stop these murders. I've got to catch this person. I've got to do whatever it is I need to do. So he's, a, he's a tool. Yeah. I'm using him as a tool to get yeah. the job done. But I also know that that tool is going to be broken after. So um, he's ex-army. He's a fucking badass. We'll get there, but yeah, it's it's a great it's a great performance. Uh, we've got um, Alana Bloom, um, who's um, Carol Danvers, who's uh, that's a gender swap role. Um, Alan Bloom was actually a doctor in the original novels. I don't know that he's been portrayed in the films. It was only it wasn't necessarily a, a big part. Yeah. Um, but she's a professor of psychology um, and consultant profile for the FBI, who's got professional relationships with both Graham and Lecter. Uh, another gender swap character is Freddie Lowndes, who uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played him in Red Dragon, mm. I believe. Mm. Um, basically, same character though, um, who investigates, you know, into the Chesapeake Ripper. Is very manipulative. Um, forms sort of like worms their way into it by um, making a bond with a particular oh, it's victim. By a female now, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't got a, a name written down. It was a man and manhunter as well. Obviously, it was. To the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she get the wheelchair treatment? Does she? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> kind of, yes. Kind of not. There's basically... Well, so we're going to go through the whole thing. I was anyway, going to say that. We, there, we, we, I don't know if we did say, but we will be spoiling yeah. the whole oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, all yeah, three yeah. seasons of the show. Um, there, There is a point where it's faked that that happens to her. Right. But then that same kind of thing is then... Tr- there's a lot of things like you get um, in many adaptations where they go, oh, this thing that happened to that character, let's move that over and we'll give that to this character. So oh, it kind okay. of happens somewhere else along the line. Um, and in fact, coming to that, I'm going to just... I'll, I'm going to touch on... Um, uh, Rao Esparza, who plays Frederick Chilton. Okay. Um, who's the administrator of the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, who we, again, recognise from Science of the Lambs. You know, he's the old friend that Hannibal's going to have for dinner. Oh, yes. he was in the series. Exactly. Oh, he's now, great but, and he's fleshed out. It sounds yes. really funny, a really he funny comparison. He's jerk, Johnny from prick, Cobra Kai. An asshole. Yeah. He is, he is, you just hate him immediately. He's so three dimensional, though, isn't he? Yes, they, they really, really worked that character. I was so brilliant. surprised. I would like him. But oh my god, does he get the fucking short end in every series? Yes, he does. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's, nobody likes him. Well, he's basically, but, no, but you feel so sorry you for do him. feel bad for him you because do. he's obviously, you know, he's he's in this very elite field, but he's certainly by his peers considered to be low on the totem pole, and it, you and it eats at him. So yes. he's constantly trying. So we, I mean, another character in it who's played by um, Eddie Izzard. Nice. Yes, Abel that Gideon. was such a great piece of casting. Oh, an as amazing well. piece of casting, and also an amazing performance because he plays Abel Gideon, who's like a former transplant surgeon who's institutionalized for killing his family. And Doctor Chilton has kind of led him to believe that he is the Chesapeake Ripper. Really? So he's assuming responsibility for Hannibal's crimes because Doctor Chilton has kind of conditioned him to do so. But oh. the, the performance, oh my god, he's he's like riffing on Hopkins. Yes, he's you know he's in the jumpsuit. He's got the same posture. He has that same cadence with his voice. The look down the lens. He's he's one of the most frightening characters in the whole thing. Eddie is always good. You just you. It's another one where you almost forget how Did good you know, an actor Eddie is. Is mate a mystery man. Disco, oh, is, disco, disco is life. not dead. <laughs> if he'd have pulled that out, I, I wouldn't have even been mad. And then just the last one to mention is uh, Gillian Anson playing yes. uh, Bedelia uh, DeMauer, who is Lecter's um, therapist. Why did you have to therapist. say that name? 
I know. Um, she the first season, she's it's quite a, um, a mysterious relationship, and you in a way, I didn't think that they were going to carry her character through as much as they did because really her scenes where it's her and Hannibal in therapy sessions were more really for Hannibal for you to get to see a little bit more of Hannibal's opinion that you can't give in front of everyone else. Yeah, and you get a little bit of an idea again. There's a lot of stuff that's just subtly hinted in that first season where it's kind of like he's saved her from a patient in the past but you don't get any details of that uh, and you kind of get the idea of like does she know what he is but it's never yes, truly it's revealed to. it's a mystery yeah. that that goes over all three seasons is he manipulated so, like why would well, there, there is, need a well there is there is a psychiatrist yeah. because well, of the at, things at the he's dealt with well, at the end of the day, well no her. i mean like he says he, he says it's very most psychiatrists have psychiatrists right yeah you but know? i'm saying through three seasons he never really manipulates her oh yes he did oh my god yeah he does but yeah. that's what i'm saying does yeah. he have these meetings with her same as the same as the dinners, like as if that's the start. Like that, maybe. Like, well, that's that's his game. That's maybe. where he gets entertainment. But I, I don't, he, in a way, you know. I don't think they even maybe maybe they knew that, maybe they didn't. But in the first season, it's definitely not. You, I don't think you really get an idea of like, oh, she's going to be here through the whole thing and be really important. It just really feels like, in a good way, it feels like a oh, this is a chance for us to almost like hear Hannibal's monologue, yeah, without him having to deliver a monologue, which would have been probably bad. I'm sorry to sound crass or anything. Um, yeah, like, she's fit still. Might be the bear. Yeah, does she wear glasses? Like, in any of No, sorry, dude. Oh. <laughs> there is a scene where he's washing her hair and she's in the tub and I'm like... Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that girl gorgeous. I don't care how old she is. Um, yeah, so those those are the majority of the returning characters throughout the seasons, obviously, and we've got others being added in because these three seasons do jump around sort I found of most the, of the The first season, for me, was the most formulaic... And it yep. was it was uh, a couple of times I decided to stop watching Hannibal during the first season because I was so tired of the repetition of uh, of Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many s- prolific serial killers oh, are out there? Don't live in the Baltimore area. Exactly. No. I was like, in one area. I was no. like, all of these serial killers and all these grotesque displays. I was like, for real? But well, I can't, I, like, again, I, that was another hurdle for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I'll I tell you what, I'll, I'll come to that because I've written a sort of point about that, but I agree. It's yeah. absolutely, you can, there's no getting around it is that it does become Monster of the yeah. Week. I mean, my question as well would be also how how is it not like Dexter? No, it's like Dexter, but it's, yeah, but it, it, it's, um, there is a point of it being a little bit like Dexter. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll come yeah, to it yeah, because yeah. there is like, excuse me, as much as there's Monster Week, basically the short answer is it. Each one allows a character to come to a revelation. Yeah, yeah, that is the best way to put it. But yeah, the so the way the season opens is we we basically start on this horrific crime scene. You know, there's there's tape on the door, there's coppers outside, and there's dead bodies and blood everywhere inside the house. And then that's where we're kind of introduced to the, the, the mechanic that is used so much through the first season is this metronome that then just starts wiping the slate clean. Time moves backwards. Yeah. We lose the bodies. We lose the blood. We pan outside. The police have gone. The tape gone. And we're just left with a man stood there who we now come to discover is Will Graham. And then Will proceeds to commit the crime. So we see him boot the door. He take, shoots the guy on the stairs. He puts one in the leg of the wife, you know, but he's narrating what he's doing all the way through. Now, what what this actually is, we come to realize is like that that's Will's gift. Yeah. Is yes. that he's able to literally put himself in the shoes of the killer as he calls it, it to find this is my design. The, exactly. Yeah. It's the big thing that I like that differentiated it from because I don't I like I like criminal psychology, but I don't like CSI shows. 
Um, but what this one did... Well, it's all, it's all in past tense, isn't it? Yes, In a way, yeah. but it's normally a dude stood on top of... Stood over a dead dude on a yeah. gurney telling you how it happened. Yeah. Yes. This yeah. is like, I'm yeah. going to show you how it so, happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So stylistically, very, very impressive. But again, yeah. repetitive. They did it in so many episodes... Um, but of course, it was to show that again the degradation of will being yeah. thrown through. Will yeah, it's, it, it's kind of I think because because in a way and the way I I always explained it to people is that because if you imagine about the whole worry through all that first season is oh my god will seeing these horrific crimes yeah. but so's everyone else right yeah, yeah. so's Jack Corbin yeah, but, but he's living is, it yeah, he's that, putting that himself was it. he's because he's, living he's blurring it. those lines between to a point where he does start thinking like did I kill this person yeah it, you know? it's, it's the fact that he gets to the root of it like um, yeah. he wants to know the why they do it Whereas most of it, you know, normally it would be, yeah, we're, we're seeing the crime scene, murder weapon motive. But uh, he really gets to want to know the psychology of the of these killers, which is what's doing this, you know, this and damage to them. And to possibly separate it from well, the he, Dexter he, image well, is yeah. to yeah. take but it from Will the police Graham, officer's yeah. point of perspective. Will Graham is then also Hannibal in. being manipulated by Lecter. Yes. Mm. Now, you know, Lecter doesn't seem to have much motive in the first season for what he's doing. We don't really know what he's doing. We we don't know whether he's actually helping Will. A, a lot of it is kind of I wanted to see what would happen. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it is true. It yeah. Is yeah. Which I think he even says experimenting at some point, yeah. with him, which yeah. is again, which is fascinating. And, and of course, because I had stopped watching, uh, it, it was you know Jess, my housemate. He was just like, "Are we watching Hannibal this week?" And I was like, "Nah." And he's like, "I'll go on." All right then, all right then. And so I'm glad I was pushed into uh, to keep going with it because yeah, it, season two breaks the mold when we get to it and season three mm. breaks the mold again so yeah it, it, it's interesting having that uh that 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 routine of the first few episodes yeah, it is before. rare for a show to actually kind of have the balls to do that as well yeah um, they do yeah. they do change the lore or the from the source material a fair mm-hmm. amount in terms of the story but that's because of the rights issues sort but, of i mean it's kind of all there but they kind of change it just enough that you're getting the same thing or they might just be like again okay we're not going to have this guy do it. We're going to pick this up and you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to kind of say it a different way, but you're basically going to do this, this exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, the first season, uh, the, the main crux of it for Will and what starts off is hunting a killer called the Minnesota Shrike, um, who he finds along with Hannibal. Hannibal actually warns him that he's coming as well. It's a guy called um, Garrett Jacob Hobbs. They track him to his house. Um, and because he's been warned, he actually like he kills his own wife and uh, nearly murders his young teen daughter. Uh, yes. And uh, Will then ends up actually killing Hobbs dead. So he's then, there becomes this surrogate relationship with Hannibal and Will looking after Abigail, who it turns out is not even so much, even just an accessory to her father's crimes, but is the bait. Yeah. The whole thing is that Hobbs actually wanted to kill his daughter and to satiate that urge. He was getting her to yeah. pick up girls that looked like her so that he could... Kill, chop up, cannibalize. See, now... Baltimore's a fucked up place. Now, <laughs> this is the thing. I never watched the series, but then again, I thought, I figured while we were going to be discussing this, I should look some of this stuff up. And when I was looking up this guy and reading about this whole story, I was like, nope, this is why I don't go... This is why I don't Will Graham this shit, okay? I don't, you know, 
when you when I watched Manhunter for the first time, I'm like, that's why I never became a serial killer fucking pathologist because you are living in the mind of the serial killer. You either become Will Graham or Hannibal Lecter. You know, you either almost fucking die or you eat people, and then you're watching the series. That's like, like the original cut of Dark Knight that you didn't use. <laughs> you know, but it's like people are like, did you watch Hannibal last night? No, I don't want to watch a guy who really, really wants to murder his own daughter, but instead decides to murder other girls around her and use her as bait. Well, yeah, <laughs> dude. None of this is good. If no, you know what I mean, it's all none of it. No, it's all horrific, you know. Because, but, but, but it, but it's there again yeah. to set up this surrogate relationship. Yes. And 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 again, Abigail is a character that has a lot of like beats across the series, you know, because ho- the the whole reason that it goes into Hobbs is because as the Minnesota strike, then Hannibal kind of uses it as a way to mask his own crimes. Yes. The river. They yes. Think a copycat. Yes. No one knows who's killing who, basically. Because again. You know, this is, it's got a great slow burn where we don't even confirm his cannibalism until like two thirds of the way through that bloody, you know, season. Um, and again, but going back to like what we did say about the villain of the week, um, it, it does to me like every episode does kind of tie into a main thread of the story. You know, Jack's, Jack thinks his wife is having an affair at one point, but then when they're tracking down this terminally ill serial killer, it leads him to the conclusion that she's actually ill herself. She's got lung cancer, you know, and it's sort of about, about revelation like that. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, Will sees like his own kind of mental turmoil in a killer that believes she's dead and can't see faces. Um, you know, so it, it, I think it's a really good way to sort of like, yeah, pull, pull back a little bit. Whilst also, at the end of the day, it's kind of an excuse for them to present these horrific crimes. And they do span... I mean, there's there's some really interesting kind of motives for the kills. Some are just... That, literally, there's one where it's like, she fucking cheated on me. I killed yeah. 19 people. It's like, all right, mate. One like, of the know, most... Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, I was going to say, Lance Hendrickson, one, right? he creates a monument, mm. a totem pole of human bodies. And again, I'm just like... And he's an old dude as like, well. What, millennium Oh, you Lance can just Henderson. see him just sort of like... <laughs> like, yeah, it's like he there's no way he did that on his own it's so yeah it's again you got to suspend your belief but you and you in do. a way i think it's easy to do because you're so captivated yes, by what yes, you're yes. seeing you i know? just want to bring up there's another grotesque kill scene as well that there was i mean i i'm like day of the dead gore you know people eating each other i've seen this stuff before yeah hannibal the show honestly like no other tv show or horror movie has made my stomach churn at the horrific, grotesque displays mm. of barbarism that I've ever seen in a show ever. Uh, and one of the ones that really, really made my stomach churn is when they find this guy. I think he's in a church or an altar or, a, or, or on a stage. And they've had a musical instrument wedged down his so mouth through his throat. He is the chalice He is for, the chal- His vocal yeah. cords have been removed and the strings are there. And uh, Will Graham, like, because he has these over-stylized things, starts with a bow playing the, the, this cello. Mm. And uh, and he was like, oh, you know, that he wanted to play him or be played by him. Uh, and and it, it's just, it, the, the imagery is grotesque. <laughs> it's um, the, the, the mushroom it, it's never farm. Any. I was just about to call it the human, human, basically someone, there, there's someone who he buries people um, so that they can grow mushrooms on them and stuff. There's one who uh, uses it to cultivate beehives. Bees, there's, there's some crazy beehive. bitch who's like just lobotomizing yeah. dudes to get rid of pain <laughs> wait, and wait, wait. Out their eyes. But he buries people up to their neck, maybe? Uh, no, no like just their hand right. is yeah. sort of holding So kind of like the horror movie where they were buried with the smoke and the meat yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, motel hell yeah. motel hell yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's we have um, what was it Abel kind of a, a, does does a bit of an Anthony Hopkins and he 
Gideon escapes custody. That's right. And yeah. ends up performing unnecessary um, surgery on Chilton. Yes. Which again is like, it's literally the first shit thing that happens yeah, to Frederick Chilton. Chilton. is like every season something really bad's going to happen to him. Um, Will manages to sort of capture him, but he's struggling not to believe that he's still chasing the strike. He sees Hobbs in his face. Uh, at this point, Will is having like seizures and losing time as well. Um, mm. So by the time we get to the end of the uh, first series, Abigail actually returns. Um, and we can see that Hannibal is um, kind of taken over again like a surrogate father and is curious as to how far he can push her. Um, and Will's kind of still dealing with the fact that he's basically made her an orphan. So in the finale of the first season, Hannibal ends up um, killing Abigail um, and framing Will for the murder, yes. right. basically. So uh, he, actually, is... he force feeds Will one of her ears while he's unconscious. So Will vomits up one of her ears. And he also thinks himself that he is guilty. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't well. remember it or anything because he's been losing time. Obviously, Jack... He thinks, I've pushed this man too far and he's become what he's been chasing. There's some incredibly stunning scenes um, yeah. where at the end, Will and Hannibal are in his office talking and they, as they're going over each case, these statues of the murder scenes are appearing like a greatest hits, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Visually amazing. stunning work. So the, And so basically the first season ends with Will being in the bars, committed in the, uh... to the Baltimore State Penitentiary. Yeah. But he, do, but he also makes it clear that he knows that Hannibal, Hannibal did it. has done it, and there's yeah. this wonderful shared smile between, between them. Each where, other. Because again, a lot of it is it's almost Hannibal giving it the oh game on. Yes, you know. So yes. uh, that's that's how we end season one. Yeah, oh. it was a, it was a a great cliffhanger as well because uh, you you know you know that at the end of the story the positions will be reversed, but mm. the how. It gets there is uh, it's what's interesting, and and season two opens doing the reverse of season one, where Hannibal yeah. is now doing the the Will. He, he becomes Will. He takes Will's job, doesn't yes, he? Yeah. yeah. I lo- I've got. I mean, I've got them all on Blu-ray, and I remember when the when the artwork came out for the second season. It's um, Will's face, and he's got a clear version of Hannibal's mask on. That's right. Yeah, which is the great, obviously, because he yeah. starts in it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, exactly as you said. Well, actually, what actually starts off the way season two opens. Is Hannibal in his kitchen being confronted by Jack? It's a there's no dialogue. Yes, you're right. Jack walks in. It's a flash forward, and they start fighting, and yes. it's this you know horrifically brutal fight. And again, you've got Jack, who's the ex-military you know brick house, yeah. against Hannibal's sort of like you know lies. Oh my god, it's <laughs> yeah, such Morpheus. a fight. It's such a brutal fight, and we end up with Jack sort of like stabbed and hiding in the pantry while Lecter throws himself, and it's a real like. It's kind of like um, Vader at the end of the tunnel in Rogue One, where it's kind of like, oh, did you want to? If you wanted to know if this guy's a fucking badass, the scene of Hannibal wearing a shirt with his sleeves rolled up, blood down, him holding a knife in each hand, throwing his whole body weight at a door while Jack is desperately trying to like stop himself from bleeding out and holding it. You're like, oh, this guy's a fucking badass. You know, it's that it's that moment where they really let him. Where it's kind of yeah. like you should be scared of this man, yeah. and, and you know? now we've got thirteen episodes to get to that. And point. yeah, we sk- it skip back. Uh, it skips back twelve weeks, um, basically to the cast dealing with all the accusations against Will, but you know, physically and emotionally, you yeah. know, they're trying to obviously deal with the fact that their colleague has apparently done this. Uh, and there's no more villain of the week now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it's now the adventures of Hannibal the Profiler. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. which but it's kind of great, you know, because he takes. That's the whole point. Is he he's. He's learning what it is to be Will. He's, yeah. you know, th- there's actually like almost like a comical episode where he's kind of like 
trying to like be friends with everyone he's working with in that way of like hitting them up like hey what's going on and they're a <laughs> yeah. bit like nothing what do we we're colleagues not yeah. friends and he but he doesn't understand you know yeah, yeah. um but it, but it, you know it's kind of great in that in that way you know will actually ends up stealing a lot of Hannibal's lines from the books and the films while he's in court, incarcerated, incarcerated as well. Yes, he does, yeah. um, you know, he, he's seconds away from just saying quid pro quo. To, yeah, he uh, even says lines you know, from Silence of the Lambs as well. At some point. Yeah. He does, absolutely. So um, Jack is being... Um, sorry, basically what he's um, then doing is uh, Beverly Katz, one of the other investigators... Uh, who's struggling to like deal with all these murders that are going on because it uh, the fucking killings in Baltimore do not end. <laughs> no. Um, oh, see, and it's all in in that area, but it's it's very close to each other. <laughs> yeah. um, she's using Will's insight by bringing him case files, and in return, quid pro quo, he's getting her to investigate Hannibal for him from the inside. There's lots of secret um, messages and there's, codes. There's right. a lot. Um, I mean, she's eventually found out, and Jack loses his shit because I think there's, she basically manages to make a leap on a case mm-hmm. and and Hannibal clocks her as well in that way that he does where he's kind of like oh it's almost as if Will Graham was in the room and Jack's like oh you've been fucking talking to him haven't you you know um, but a lot more elegant than that yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. so I mean at this point as well Jack's a little bit short changed in that second series I feel because but there's just not enough hours True. to fill because yeah. now that we've separated Will and Hannibal yeah I mean, the, Norm, we were telling their stories together. Now we got to tell them apart. Yeah, you've only got you so many hours time. in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he's still very prominently featured because he's being investigated for Will's actions. So his head's on the chopping block as well. Um, we we get this really long, these fast paced episodes. Then in the middle of series two, series two is my favorite. Of yeah, all it's of them mine too. Yeah, because at one point they just they just throw so much at you over a course of like three four episodes. It's just relentless. You know, uh, Jack's wife Phyllis dies. Um, there's this incredible scene where she she comes to Hannibal's office because they're friends, you know, and basically tells him, "Well, took all my meds today. I've had enough of this," and he's basically going to check out and passes out. Hannibal ends up flipping a coin to see if he's actually going to save her or not, and does end up saving her, which she's very angry about, which is quite funny. Again, it's um, like Hannibal just being curious to see what would happen. It is. It absolutely is. It does, and get... he's so casual about it when he do. It. He's just watching her die, and then is just like, yeah, sees a coin. Hmm. Now, I will say that there is one thing that does get a little bit convoluted in the second season, and that is Will and Lecter both manipulating other serial killers to go and kill the other. So Lecter manipulates a serial killer to kill Will, and Will hires another serial killer to go and kill Lecter. And it's a bit like, who's killing who? Dude, it's not even that he gets... It's not even that Lecter sets a serial killer on Will. Yeah. And at this point, Will has been released... Um, they well, I tell you what, I'll get there. Yeah, you're sure, right, yeah. but I'll get it because that is one of the most like when we say about suspending belief, <laughs> Just, it's like yeah. what is the serial killer doing? Um, and and even in a series like Hannibal, where you've been desensitized to all what's going on, when you see this episode, you are like the fuck, mate. <laughs> yes. Um So yeah, we've got uh, yeah. I mean, Hannibal um, Beverly discovers the truth about Hannibal and is killed yeah. um, by Hannibal. That, that's gruesome. Uh, that he, was amazing as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he bisects her, doesn't yes, he? Yes, the leaves glass, her in glass kind thing. of display. Um, he captures and eats Abel Gideon, not before feeding him to, to himself. To himself, yes. At one point, <laughs> making him eat his own leg in this, again, just this... Oh, I'm cringing because it's so It's so, so casual, though, yes. the way he's like, it's dead to you, just fucking eat it, basically, you know. Um... So, yeah, basically Hannibal orchestrates Jack to find 
um, a woman called Miriam Lass, who's an agent that we see in the first series. So it's a good... You do kind of go like, oh, shit, I remember her. She's like the protege. The, yeah, uh, he, that the, he sent after the, the Ripper. Yeah. yeah um, a little bit of a Starling vibe to her, yes, I guess. Yes, um, yeah. He's He sends her to try and find the Chesapeake Ripper. And basically, she finds the Chesapeake Ripper. And she's never heard of again. But... Um, Hannibal taunts Jack with her in the first season, like plays recordings over the phone to him and stuff. So he's he's like she could be alive. Turns out she is. He manages to lead Hannibal to find her. She's in like a bit of an oubliette, very science of the lamb style. She's she's had an arm amputated and they bring her obviously they bring her in. But what he's actually done is he's through hypnotherapy, he's managed to convince her uh that Chilton was her captive. Yes, so um, that's yeah because so, she can't see, she couldn't see Lecter's face. Yeah, or he, I don't know whether it was it was it a, psych, a condition she had or one. No, that he, he uses just hypnosis. He hypnosis to, so that um, she couldn't re- remember who it was. Um, yeah. and, so Chilton um, gets the blame, and he gets a bullet to the face yes. because uh, he's <laughs> she recognizes his voice and he's in a room talking when they're sort of questioning him, and um, uh, because also sorry, the reason he's brought in is because Hannibal places the body of Chilton in Frederick's. Uh, sorry, places the body of Abel Gideon in Frederick Chilton's house. Yeah. Also horrifically murders two FBI agents that just come to the door and leaves him there in a pool of blood to be found. So, <laughs> so he's brought in uh, and Miriam identifies him as the Chesapeake Ripper that kidnaps her and uh, in a fit of rage pulls Jack's gun, shoots him through the two-way glass and the bullet goes literally through his mouth oh, and out yeah, the other so side. So he lives. He lives, but he's got to wear, in, so, he's got to wear like a prosthetic. Tortured to, in season one, shot, shot in, in the face. Unnecessary, yeah, unnecessary surgery in season one. Season two, he gets shot in the face and framed for, framed for those murders, murders yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So that obviously leads to Will being released. And um, we then have a bit of a back and forth. Just before his release, Will sets a, a psycho orderly to kill Hannibal, Jack actually manages to save him in a in a, in a <laughs> yeah. really tense scene where you actually for a minute think she is actually gonna, gonna, do it. gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. um, but then um, Hannibal decides to send a, a man out to do a little goodwill hunting. Um, thank you. And <laughs> so um, there's there's a there's a character. He was a former patient of Lecter's, actually, I believe. That's right. Discovered yeah. he's this young guy, and he does um, he works for a museum, and he does like saber toothed tiger skeletons and stuff. That's yeah, yeah. And he's basically fashioned himself a, a, a saber toothed man suit yes. that he then goes so out the and attacks skeleton. people in. Yeah. So he he like he comes through Will's window. So Will manages to kill him. But what he actually does is he doesn't just kill him in self defense. He then butchers the man and sets him up in this as sort of like as museum. a display in a museum like it's a bit like fucking matey from tusk the kevin smith movie you know it's like yeah. half his face his is legs tusk. decap will cut off but you know there at the skeleton of this thing yeah and, it, and it's hell. it's kind of it's put off like oh so the ripper did this and we're in hannibal looking at him like yeah the ripper did this <laughs> so then you have this you know again you have this kind of um knowledge between the two it's like well you sent one after me i sent one after you we're square now but yeah it's all part of will's plan to kind of if he thinks i'm the same as him yeah maybe we can sort of stop him so it's a it's at this point in season two as well where we introduce who will become one of the best characters mason Mason verger yes he's um, so good played by michael pitt um, yeah. who, well, there's no two actors that played him. There was, and I've forgotten the name of the second one. But yeah. it's Michael Pitt in season two, and then he's recast in season three. But because, I mean, if you've seen the 
uh, for if you've seen Hanowitz, uh, Gary Oldman's character. Oh right, right. Oh, the, so at this the, point the he's makeup. not he's not all fucked up and right, paralyzed. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're introduced to Mason Verger, um, and he's. I backed th- this is, background. Jesus dude, Christ. Dude, this, oh yeah, this is. I mean, again, if you read the books, it goes. I mean, there are points where it goes a little bit too in depth. I yeah. think on what he's done, but. Um, it's one of my favourite sort of villainous performances of all time. Yes, he's, he's so um, good. He's, he's, like, he's a trust fund billionaire, basically. His father owned a huge uh, meatpacking uh, fa- uh, dynasty. Um, he's, he's a socio- sociopathic paedophile mm. who delights in torturing his sister, Margot, yeah. uh, who's played by, I always say, the chick from Ginger Snaps, the hot one. Um, I don't know if it's a and gets um, he kind of gets off drinking martinis made with um, children's tears, and I'm not yeah. exaggerating that. That's ex- yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have Will kind of ends up in a uh, relationship with Margot, who is uh, desperate to become pregnant to get a male heir because if uh, Mason dies, she won't get anything. Yeah, basically, she right. loses all the money. Um, so he ends up in a relationship. She ends up pregnant. Uh, to give you an idea of what Mason's like, he then sort of like finds out and arranges for an impromptu hysterectomy against her will. Yeah. Um, so there's some run-ins then with um, uh, Hannibal and Will with Mason. After this, if you've you know if you've seen the movie, you kind of know the story where Hannibal Fee drugs LSD. sort of. Well, he drugs him, and th- I've got to admit, watching this scene, I was like. I know I've said it. I can't believe they got away with this. Yeah, but yeah. I can't fucking like, believe they you know got away with this. You see it getting they, there. It takes a piece of glass and decides well, to rearrange his face. Kind no. He, well, he yeah, that was the original. Him. He he drugs him. He's in Will's house him to cut his own face off and feed it and to Will's feed dogs. It to the dogs. Oh, yeah, feed it to the dogs. There's a point well. where Michael Pitt says like, "I'm hungry," and he just goes, "Eat your nose." And he fucking does. He does. And, yeah. he, and he manages to deliver one of the funniest lines ever. Where he's like, "I'm full of myself," but. Do you know what? If you watch it, it's a wonderfully lit shot. <laughs> yes, so what is. you kind of see, like, it, just the wet, yes. dark blood around his face with it's all the sinews. No redness. And just honestly, though, yeah. if you watch this, mm. don't tell me he couldn't have been a great Joker. Oh, that's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Because yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the, the laugh, the manic, just horrific scene that it is. It, 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 it's one of my. It is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite scenes. Um, in the entire season, and it's it's just horrifying. Um, so you have Hannibal and Will's relationship continues to sort of like evolve from there. Um, well, I was going to say, would this be a good point to intro to, to talk about the the relationship between Will and Lecter that has yeah, been simmering since their first introduction? Absolutely, yeah. Now, the, the, you know, like there's some there's subtle clues, but the you know the body language is there, the way they communicate to each other, the way Will is with Lecter. Which is different to when he's with his wife and kid or other colleagues. Uh, there is a, 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 a it's it's difficult to say romance, but it's like the uh, the attraction that they both have for each other remains professional. But there is it's almost like there's a barrier that's just preventing them, and that is because of the yeah. game, the mind games. That, that they are playing and the you know the, the condition of that they're working in and you you can see even like the care that will has for him yeah because of the fact that at this point in the season as well where the plan is will you know will's working with jack to try and capture hannibal but then again at one point he even kind of warns him about it and yeah so you're like does he want to capture him does he not you know he's tormented himself yeah. really because he doesn't know how he feels or understand what it is he's feeling uh, and he needs a he needs a psychiatrist. <laughs> he does. I mean, so I mean, at that point, uh, Will fakes Freddie Lowndes' death 
So, right. uh, but the way they do it in the show is you genuinely think he's killed her because they play it off so you don't know whether or not he's going to turn. Um, and Fakes uses the basically some of the corpse of the Sabretooth dude to feed to Hannibal to th- make him think that they've just killed and eaten Freddy, which nice. then leads to Will being in trouble again with the FBI because they're like, self-defense is one thing. You can't then mutilate and cannibalize your victim. Um, so there's a bit of an issue with that. Um, so we basically the season finale sees Jack and Will's plan completely fucking fall apart. Uh, again, like I said, Will's face in jail for the manipulation of the assassin. Uh, he ends up tipping off Hannibal, which is a bit of a scene where you're like, dude, <laughs> we you had want, this plan. You, you wanted to kill um, him, but now you yeah. want to love him. Uh, and it is here that the relationship is absolutely at its most complicated. And this is where the last swerve of the season comes in, where Hannibal reveals that Abigail Hobbs is actually alive. And it's kind of like, almost like a gift to Will if Will will leave with him. Like, so Will knows they, the net is closing. He knows Jack yeah. knows. He knows what's coming on. Yeah. But he wants um, to share his darkness, his yeah. dark passenger, I guess, Indeed. with Will because Will understands him. But it's, it's, and having this yeah. daughter character kind of has but, a family but it, but it, it's kind of the that. ego again of, of Lecter. Well, that, no, it's his weakness. It's weakness as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's what I mean. All these traps. He's luring all these people in like, ha, 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 I'm going to do all these tricks. Will is also really lonely. They're both very lonely people and they have this Thing together. But Graham's a family man. Well, no, not not at this point. He is no, not well, at this no, point. His, yeah. He will become that. Yeah, that's and he point. won't actually like if they decided they if they did went with season four if they decided to go with Will Graham running off into the sunset with Lecter like they did with Clarice in the book of Hannibal, not in the films. A lot of the fans would probably be like, mm, uh, "Do you know what? Not. I think if it had gone seven seasons, I think they would have gone off together." The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. really, I really yeah. do, and I'd have been so happy with that. I'd have, yeah. been, like, I'd have been like, "I hope they make it." If they go um, seven seasons, yeah, <laughs> those murder husbands. <laughs> oh, bless them! But the um, we we end up with basically, I mean, um, Alanis pushed from a window by, I believe, Abigail. Right. You know, Hannibal ends up because Will then rejects his sort of gift and says, like, yeah. no, we can't do it. He ends up actually killing Abigail. Um and sort of like gutting Will, leaving him for dead. Yeah, there's a lots of people bleeding everywhere. Everyone's bleeding out and Hannibal leaves. And there is actually a post-credit scene as well, which a lot of people missed because they weren't expecting there to be a post-credit scene where you see uh, Hannibal on a plane, kind of like Hannibal, yeah. but he's with Bedelia. So he's with Gillian Anderson's character. Uh, uh, going to Italy. I going think. somewhere, which we'll learn yeah. is, is Florence. Yeah. yeah. This was the best season. It was. Season uh, two was fucking It, it was dark, twisted, full of surprises, backstabs, betrayals, um, And confessions. we're saying spoilers, but we haven't scratched the surface yeah. of what happened. And, and Mason Verger was just so oh. brilliantly played. He was such a highlight. Um, and it's understandable Brilliant. why they don't have the same actor. I mean, his face is so mangled anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I was glad that the character still got what usually it has... Coming to him in the third yeah. season. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, and I like the performance of the. I, terrible, I, I didn't write his name down, but I, I like that performance. But I would have loved to have seen what Michael Pitt did I with it. You know, with because it, yeah. It, yeah. it's that thing of. Uh, I mean, if you remember, I remember the first time I watched Hannibal. Uh, I mean, it, it it genuinely was difficult to look at Gary Oldman's face yeah. in yeah. that makeup. Yeah, yeah, and it's not far off the same. They, I think they've softened it a touch. Because he's on camera for so, so long. Much, yeah. yeah. And it's if I had to lit. look at that yeah. for so long, I'd be a bit, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it is still, I think it's the only, I think it's the only recast in the entirety of the three seasons. It is, yeah. Um, and, and it's fine, but I really, 
Man, when you watch that scene where he's cutting his face off, it's one of the most incredible bits of acting I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, take it away. So, season three, it, it's basically, it's a season of two halves, really. So, the first, exactly the first say, yeah. seven episodes <laughs> is basically Hannibal. Yes. The film, the, the book. Yeah, the story. And then the last six is Red Dragon. Yeah. And then there's a tiny bit in the middle where they kind of salt bay in a bit of Hannibal Rising. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit, just a tease, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hannibal arrives in Florence, uh, and you. T- this is a kind of, you know, he's got the sense that his capture is most likely pretty imminent because he really takes some risks in Florence. Like he assumes someone's identity. You've seen the film. Mm. He assumes that the identity of someone. You know, uh, there's a lot of risky kills and very impulsive kills. There's, there's the an- he pushes out the window. Yeah. The- think- well, there's an amazing one at the dinner table where he yeah. just plants a dude with a fucking screwdriver, literally, or an ice I- pick. Sorry, I and he think- even sits down himself and goes. He's eating like that may have been impulsive. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he knows he's going to get caught, and he's yeah. just enjoying this last spree. Oh, dude, I wrote it's what... like a serial killer's jolly boys outing. Yes, yeah, he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going down. You know? I'm going to do whatever it is. I'll get it out of my system now because yeah. I'm going to be locked away for a while. Um, yeah. So, and Bedelia is in tow as his wife, essentially with a different name. She, she's like. She's drugged in this series, you know. She's definitely under the influence. She's definitely right. out of it a lot not of the time. So this is where with him. yes and no. You, d- yeah, you know, it's hard you to say whether really she's in over. on it or she not. She plays a very well, she's clever part. Sometimes, but sometimes not so much. She she almost she almost encourages herself to be completely lost, possibly in a way to like get rid of the guilt of it. I think by but the she, end of it, because so she actually she ends knows. up leaving breadcrumbs. Right, so, like yeah. she'll go and pay for. She'll go and buy very specific um, food and wine on credit cards, which is traceable, which is actually how they kind of find him, Mm. you know? So she's leaving breadcrumbs for Jack to find. Um, So they they split the episodes up early to show sort of like where each character has ended up. Um, And the series is sort of like really building to Jack and Will traveling to Florence to capture Hannibal. Now in episode three, which is the kind of like little break away from it, is we see um, Will travel to Lecter's family home in Lithuania. And we, and I've got to, I'll admit this as a fan, I still enjoy season three. This is where we meet the most useless fucking character in the entirety of the season in Chico. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who's uh, sort of a, a childhood friend of Hannibal's. She, <laughs> she's Asian for two reasons. One, it kind of ties in to his auntie from the books Hannibal Rising. Sure. And people were mad that they, they killed, killed Beverly the, Katz, the uh, only Asian yeah, cast yeah. member. And they were like, we want another one. So. Yeah, she she's basically she well she's there at the the Lecter family home um, guarding a man who apparently killed Hannibal's sister. Now, what, but what's interesting is it, they're very guarded about Hannibal's backstory. They don't yeah. touch, and again, no. probably because it was planned out. You know, yeah. I'm sure we would have got a couple of seasons More where they reveals, went back in time, yeah. but you know, it's a guy that apparently killed his sister. Even though the one little thing you do get, and if you've read the um, the books or you've seen the film, you kind of if we go by that. Uh, there's a point where Bedelia's there. It's actually he's, he's washing her hair. She's in the bath, and after, there's a little conversation. And the last thing she says to him is, "What did your sister taste like?" Mm. And then disappears under the water. So you're kind of like, hmm, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of leads to sort of like you know they'll probably go with the original story if they'd have had the time to. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, um, so uh, Chico and Will basically leave for for Florence. She ends up betraying him, and then just becomes the world's most convenient sniper. Just popping up when they need one, really. She just she manages to sort of like 
she pops Will to save Hannibal at one point when they're both captured by um, agents that are trying to collect the bounty on Lecter that Mason Verger has put out. Right, right, right. Um, you know, she pops them all then. Uh, they actually, they, they pull in the scene where um, Hannibal goes to remove Will's head. That's he's right. got He's got Jack Crawford drugged in this one. Yeah. And it's like, again, he damn near cuts his fucking head open because you see him like, get about this far. <laughs> Crawford's like screaming, you know, because he's paralyzed. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, it, there is a little bit of hit and miss with some of the characters in this season. I've got to admit, you know, w- Wills is a little bit, you know, he's still full of, re- he seems to be like full of regret over what would have happened if he would have left with Hannibal yeah. and Abigail. Um, so in the, on the other side, you have Alana uh, teaming up with Verger to kind of capture Hannibal. Uh, she ends up falling for Margot. Uh, and those two strike in a relationship. Now, I mean, in the books, Margot was gay. She yeah. was actually a bodybuilder. There was a there was a great um, uh, dynamic with her and Barney, the orderly right. from yeah, Science yeah, of the yeah. Lambs. Yeah. You know, they're both into the bodybuilding. He kind of falls for her, and she's like, "I'm gay, you fucking asshole." And it's like, you know, but um, again, there's it's still all there between her and Mason, where you know he's obviously abused her as a child and everything like that. Um, so you've got that part going on. Mason's constantly reminding Mar. It, it's very. You're, I think every episode you're reminded if Mason dies with no male heir, Margot gets nothing. Yeah. And Mason keeps talking about them having a, mer- a verger baby, which is obviously an incestuous baby that he wants to have because yeah. he's yeah. fucked up. Bear in mind, in the last season, he gave her a hysterectomy. Um, so <laughs> after we... Um, so I've, got, I've got to raise a point of... So Jack catches up to Hannibal in Florence and beats the fucking shit out of him. Like... Catches him in the museum and yeah. just goes and just like about all that shit last season when you had me locked in the pantry and just progresses to throw him through every display he can find. Yes, repeatedly. And it's really satisfying with some amazing music playing in the background and you oh, really do so like classical music you're like, throughout oh, the show. Jack got yours then. Yes. Um, do we have a three-year time jump now oh, as well? Um, that's after. That's yes. after the finale. But yeah, it does jump. We have. Um, they eventually, you know, they um, as it follows with the, the film and the books, Verger captures Hannibal and Will, yeah. takes him back to Muskrat Farm, which is the estate he owns, and then reveals um, that his plan is to um, basically eat Hannibal whilst wearing Will's face. Right. <laughs> so is is handyman Cordell, and I'll, I'm going to call out uh, Glenn Fleshler, plays Cordell. Now he played the Yellow King in True Detective. Nice. And was Randall and Joker. Right. You know, the, the big guy that gives him the gun. Oh, And yeah, he murders yeah. in, you know, the thing with the dwarf. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stellar performance. He's so sinister. He he describes in, in like, delightful detail how yeah, he's going, going to, to cook each part of Lecter. In this real <laughs> casual, he's like, well, what would you do first? He's like, cut off your toes, of course. Sauté them in garlic, you know. And so that's the plan, is Mason's going to have a face transplant, wear Will's face, and, <laughs> and eat Hannibal, because of course you would. Um, so around this, um, again, it kind of falls on one of... that. That's not the worst thing to happen at this point. Mm. In the, th- this mid-season finale on Muskrat Farm is is actually at some points quite difficult to watch because we have Alana and Margot then be told by Mason that uh, there's a surrogate on the farm carrying a verger baby. Oh, God. Which they uh, yeah. then... 
it's proceed a, it's a to pig. find a pig. It's a pig that's been implanted with a human. He's grown. He's incubated a, a human infant fetus, yeah. in a pig, who is then stillborn, because of course it is because it's in a fucking pig. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that that, funnily enough, is the final straw. <laughs> really? Because um, it is Margot's child. You know, they uh, he he reveals that you know they've saved some eggs and all that. You know, so um, mm. and it's his sperm. So oh, it's God. it's their baby. Um, so they basically end up releasing Hannibal um, with the promise that he'll. And again, that's straight out of the books. He's literally like Margot. I'll fucking you know, it, it'll be me that's done it. Yeah. So he's like, this is how you kill Mason and do you know take some hair. It's me. I, he's like, I'll gladly write a confession letter. What the? F-? He's like, what's another fucking twenty five years at this point? Yeah. Um. So that's what they do. They end up. Uh, <laughs> um. Verger wakes because you got he's got to get his you know because this guy is the most bastard of bastards. He wakes up. With his new face on, um, to find out that he's wearing Cordell's face, not Will's. Um, and that's when uh, Margot and Alana kill him. He's got the, um, I think it's in the film with the the electric eel yeah, in the right, in the yeah, pool. Yeah, and they they knock him into the pool in the electric eel. No, in the film he gets thrown. In the film yeah. he gets eaten. He, by he pigs. gets thrown into the pigs, but I think he's got the eel in his office. I mean, mm. sorry, it's in this like again, it's very style. He's got a, he's got a pit with an eel. He in does it. have the he does have the pig farm that yeah. he feeds people to. And it's so um, that's how. Alana and Margaret are able to escape. They've yeah. also harvested some of his sperm, so that between that and Alana, they're able to produce a virgin baby, so yeah. that basically she can keep her money. So that's the that wraps that up. Um, so as as it kind of uh, finishes the mid season, uh, Will kind of asks Hannibal to like leave. He's just like, just go, just get the fuck out of here. And Hannibal, in the the biggest the biggest kind of. Um, show of jerkery that he's done basically just goes like nah do you know what I'm gonna give myself up <laughs> and as he says to him he's like you'll always know where I am then so he gives himself up and that's where we uh, sort of like leave Hannibal now yeah. ta- you know classically incarcerated in Silence of the Lambs kind of yeah I suppose it's a twist on how Graham caught him isn't it because obviously in the books in the, the film he caught Hannibal after reading that, yeah, that blind luck, as he yeah. said. Which I mean, again, they, all this translates. They, they, he talks about that in the very first episode when he catches Garrett Jacob Hobbs. He's like blind luck and bad yeah. bookkeeping. But Hannibal almost killed Graham. That's what built on the mm-hmm. story. Hannibal almost kills Graham at this point. I think every other episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's a oh, I'm saving you this week. Okay, yeah. and stab no, you, you in this you. one. Exactly. It's, um, the test. I mean, they they they're trying <laughs> to tempt each other over. Yeah, well, I mean Hannibal's yeah. trying to tempt Will to the dark side. But yeah, now absolutely. the introduction of uh, the Red the Dragon. Fairy. Well, yeah, yeah. We sk- second half. We shoot forward three years, and yeah. uh, so now it's time to enter the dragon. Yeah. Um. It, it literally, and it does follow, and not in a bad way. It just it follows the beats of Red Dragon. It's yeah. all there. We've got Richard Armitage as Francis Dollarhide. Um. You know, again, as I mentioned, Thor and Oakenshield. Yeah. Um. Great, great showing. As, fantastic as performance. Frightening as well. Um. It's um, you know they they bring Will back. He's this is now well, when it. he's with he's with a, a wife, wife now and sure. everything. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's the fact that he's already said I'm not doing this profiling anymore because yeah, of what yeah. happened. But yeah. Crawford's like, come on, one more job. Like this guy, this guy, Red Dragon, he's really bad. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah, it's the Tooth Fairy killings. Um, yeah, Chilton because we can't forget about Chilton, can we? Because it's the third series. Yeah, um, Chilton takes on the Freddie Lowndes role where he writes the story to try and draw him out. You know, where he writes a deflammatory story about the Tooth right, Fairy. Right, right. So, um, 
I mean, at this point as well, Chilton's like even more of an asshole walking around selling um, selling his story and writing books about it all. Um, Francis captures him. He does the whole, you owe me all, I'm the dragon and everything, you know? Yeah. And again, stylistically wise, what what is incredible in this series for me, I like, some people didn't like it. I loved it is because of the way it's set up, we actually see him as the dragon. It's not just oh, the tattoo. Yeah. You fucking the see wings, when he's the special effects. Are yeah, really when, when he's like coming, mate. When when he's talking to Lecter, you know, like uh, they use the same beats where it's like you know he'll phone, pretend to be his lawyer, so they can have a private conversation, or they'll communicate through the paper. Mm. When they do that, it shoots them into Hannibal's office. So like, whenever anyone's talking to Hannibal in his cell, it's not his cell. He's using his mind palace to project his office. Yeah, right. that's right. So when he's describing I'm becoming the dragon, you see Hannibal, he's just sat there looking at him and he is the dragon in front of him and it's amazing. So they have that scene with Chilton and then it's Chilton that is set on fire <laughs> and shot down the rampway. Doesn't die though. <laughs> straight away. Oh my god. And then in some of the most horrific burn victim makeup I've ever seen, you have to then because again he gets his his lips bitten off yeah. by the after thing. he's been no, set no, on before fire. he's set on fire. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he yeah. sends the lips to Hannibal. Yeah. There's a really yeah. funny scene where he eats one in front of a lana actually. He just like <laughs> sucks it up and he... So they wouldn't have been able to go into a season four with Clarice because he was kind of pinnacle for the whole I think they would have just they, no, well there, there's a Hannibal. couple of other characters that they brought in that could have that's taken over but because I, of the rights issues they yeah, well, the yeah, yeah I suppose that's a good yeah. idea a good yeah. point I, well. I don't think that they were ever really going to bring well I mean they, I'll show, by the time you get to the ending it's like there was nothing left yeah. for Clarice yeah, to yeah, come yeah. in and do anyway yeah, yeah. but right, yeah. Um, so yeah we have um, sorry <laughs> like I said the um, I just feel bad for Chilton in that whole thing. <laughs> just like he's an asshole, but he gets absolutely um, battered. Not to get too, too um, distracted, but the guy playing the two fairy, what's he like in comparison to Tom Newman and Ralph Fiennes? He's different I mean, again. He's, he's different, different again. again. He's just he's just that softly spoken guy. He's in great shape, you know. But it's all but there. When but when he's I, the dragon, you feel he, the the menace, man. the monster, the beast yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, basically, we have um, the, the way they build the finale. Then is that will. Um, and Jack come up with the idea to kind of orchestrate Bait moving it. Hannibal to bait the two fairy, which again it's not a perfect season. Works and the two fairy like jacks his car up and sets Hannibal free, and but it, it results <laughs> yeah. in like several police officers dead. And you're like, Jack, no wonder you keep getting in trouble. That was, <laughs> like, that was really fucking stupid. Um, so Hannibal and Will uh, sort of go to this hideaway of Hannibal's. Uh, and again, we get all the same beats where, like, you know, he goes after, um, he sets him against Will's wife and child and stuff, and they only yeah, just yeah, get yeah. away. Yeah. So we're at this um, hideaway, and you have this incredible sort of like um, long conversation between Will and Hannibal um, about what you know what they how they've got to this point before they're interrupted by the dragon. You know, there's this huge fight between them and Dollarhide. There's a point where, like, Dollarhide, he's got Will down. He's walking towards him, and his wings just pop out behind him. You know, because that's it's how Will's so seeing him. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And they managed to, you know, spoilers. They managed to uh, they managed to kill him. You know, on this on this, they're on like a cliff top. Yeah. And then there's just this wonderful slow musical score playing out 
as Hannibal and Will just they're cut I mean, to ribbons at, at this, this point, point. Hannibal's been shot How the they're back. alive, I Will's don't been know. Stabbed multiple times, they're, they're bleeding. They're pulling themselves up on each other. You know, it's like Ric Flair and the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just and, clawing um, at each other, but they're also caressing each uh, other and supporting like, each other. You're almost like if they'd have kissed, I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah, and I think it's almost both the actors said, "This is where we kiss," right? Yeah. And they were like. A, a lot of people need, do say they like, don't need it. They're like, this is where it show. This is where you. It proves that Hannibal's sort of like gay and stuff. And you're like, well, I mean, maybe, yeah, no, yes, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was um, just he was kind of everything. And like, he, like he's been alone for a lot of his life. He makes it very clear that Will's Will literally was, the only person that he's ever felt that kind of connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter because Will pitches them both off the fucking cliff. Yes. Yeah, because Will's not into that shit. And that's how it ends. <laughs> Clearly, he's like, not on my watch. No that's it. It's the right back four. They um, they go off the um, we off don't, the cliff. We don't see them splat. We don't it, see them splash. It fades to black, and there is, again, just one post credit scene, which is still being argued today, because arguably you don't know where in the timeline it sits. Yeah. Right. But it's uh, Bedelia again, the queen of the post credits in Hannibal. Um <laughs> Who is? Um, she sat at a big dinner she sat table. A big dinner table with two empty chairs with with plates of food in front of them. And you see her take a. You can tell she's clearly not of a right mind, but she does take the knife almost like Clarice does, where she yeah. slides the knife away. There's a big steaming sort of platter in the middle of the table, and as right. it pans down, she's missing a leg. So they're feeding on her. So <laughs> either Hannibal doesn't die, and that's something that happens later, or that was possibly something that happened before he was incarcerated. Um, or uh, sorry, be, like maybe it happened before Will and Hannibal went there because obviously she was um, she I was eat. alive while he was incarcerated. So I would so eat Gillian. Or maybe it's a, yeah, I would too. <laughs> um, or may, maybe it's a copycat. We don't know, and it doesn't matter because due to poor viewership, they fucking cancelled it. Yeah, sorry, man, I just couldn't get into. It. I mean, there's still some talks occasionally of a revival because mm-hmm. uh, everyone said they'd return. Absolutely, yeah. they would return for for more seasons if another network were willing to pick them up, sort out the copyright or rights issues. But is it just not perfect the way it is to be able to it, it, it sit also in is, the, the way, universe where it is. It, of, in mean, the Hannibal universe? I mean, it, it's its own separate timeline compared yes. to the other movies and, and the books. It's it its is, own yeah. interpretation, and it is one of the most flawless... It, it is such a... It, a, a high bar yeah. set for horror television mm. um, that will be really difficult to surpass. I can't think of, of anything production. that's come close to it pers- for me personally. Mm. Um, but yeah. and also, look, it's all on Prime. Go watch it. Yes, <laughs> hell yes. Watch it, like it, and just like you know. Let's, and then they'll bring back season. season four, and hopefully, if they decide to uh, like an original story involving Hannibal and Graham. But at the same time, expand it because oh, one of the things that put me off from watching the series was the fact that I knew how it was going to pan out. I knew at some point Graham was going to capture Hannibal, lock him up. So finding out all this backstory, finding out about the character, like my problem is, I'm always always watching far too many shows that I'm like I can't balance five shows at once, mm. you know. And then somebody goes, "Oh, you got really got to watch this series about this." you know hideous, hideously deranged serial killer cannibal you know who puts these bodies into really de- you know terrible positions i'm like no <laughs> yeah, i want you- to sleep tonight you know it, it is horrifying and grotesque yeah. but it is also 
immaculately done and presented mm. oh, yeah, yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of the music, the editing, uh, the I mean, montages. We of... haven't even touched on the like the, the the subliminal sort of visions that like Will sees where he sees like this Wendigo character as yes. Hannibal and he imagines killing Hannibal multiple ways yeah. and he turns into you know, oh my god. This the subliminal imagery in it is um is incredible. I've, yeah. I've so badly got that that Wendigo character. I keep saying to um friend of girl who did one of my last tattoos, I'm like have you seen Hannibal? She's like, if you, are you going to ask me to do a Windingle ta- tattoo? I was like, is that all right? She went, I've been dying to do that for ages. I was like, oh, we need to, we need to watch that now. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just, <laughs> you did just had this image of you looking in the back saying, I said Wendingo, not Mandingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start it on your upper thigh and we'll, what? <laughs> well, that is going to conclude part two of the podcast. Man, we hope you sick, enjoyed man. our Hannibal amazing. discussion. We're going to take a quick break, but then we'll be back for the third and final part of the podcast, answering your questions. Yeah. For the third and final part of the podcast, answering your questions. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Eat the rude. Welcome back, everybody, to part three of the podcast where we're going to be answering your questions. Yes. So, I'm going to be throwing it over to Ian first up for the Facebook questions. Yeah, so I've got a bunch of questions from Facebook. I love sticking it out there, but I always, I always <laughs> forget because I'm, oh, you know, I'm always working so hard. I know, sexually. Just like dangling it out there, see if anyone bites, <laughs> you know, just, gives it you know, a nibble. Holding it out with both hands, just like swinging it in the wind and just being like, hey guys, you know, what, do, what do you think of this? You know, seeing what happens. And we got a first question from, um, I think it's pronounced Havard Ryan. What up, Ryan? What's up, uh, Two parts of this question, so he's kind of cheating, but you know, we'll let him off first timer. Uh, what is your favorite bad movie scene? Mine, for instance, is Garbage Day from Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> Garbage Day. <laughs> yeah. And his second part of the question is, one. how is Jez, and will we see him? Yeah. And his second part of the question is, one. how is Jez, and will we see him again on the podcast reviews? Um, well, we will at some point when we can wrangle in and get the time, and obviously, you know, synchronize our time with Jez's time, because he's just awfully busy. Always. Always. Like, the, the <laughs> guy lives a high life, like... We, we we tend to try to believe that all he does is sit around and play World of Warcraft, but I think he's a double agent, you know, on a mission somewhere in Columbia. Columbia? I think uh, so, right oh, now. He couldn't yeah, say, yeah. he couldn't no. say, really. Like, would know. He told us he'd have to kill us. Yeah, so we just try to avoid that. But, um, so was it favourite scene in a bad movie? Ba- what is your favourite bad movie scene? Mine, for oh, instance. Oh, bad movie scene, okay. Yeah. Um... What was that one? It was one of the howlings where he like confronts him and he's all like, "It's you, isn't it? That's been doing this, that, and ever." And he literally goes, "So fucking what?" and jumps on him. And I was like, "That that fucking popped me hard." That one. That <laughs> I know it was a It could be number four or five. Five was. I mean, bad. you've got Troll too. Yeah. yeah. Well. The, oh my god, they're eating him, and then they're going to be <laughs> eating me. Oh man, there are so many. Like the flute sequence. From Alien Covenant. Oh God! I mean, it's not a favorite though. That's just oh an yeah, favorite. That's yeah, just a sorry. bad favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot the favorite mode. Um, There's going to be something that you cheer or like or just you know or quote all the time. Give you that it was so bad. It's so bad, isn't it? Like, uh... oh well, I mean now, sort of like I'm, I'm just like let's start bringing up Adam Sandler movies, right? You know? <laughs> Well, did, did, we could do that just to throw that. In. I'm, see, I'm. 
I'm, I'm looking at all my good movies at the moment. In fairness, I did watch Demolition Man last night. I mean, is Demolition Man a good movie or a bad movie? It's, it's, it's a great, great shit movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, like there was a sequence where he just stood in front of the obviously the the ticket machine. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> and the fine. It's not a bad scene. Out. That's a great scene. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's Statham punching the shark in uh, Meg. That's awesome. I can't. That's, that's all yeah, I went I to see like that film for. I didn't like Meg. No. <laughs> Okay, uh, the next question we got from Nick Luisi. What's up, what up, Nick? Nick? Yo, Nick. I uh, loved the answers last time. Before I ask, I want to reiterate that you all two got me through 2020 and 2021 with your reviews. So again, a huge thank you to both of you, Andy and Jez, too. Uh, now, on to the dude. question. Now, he has a question, then he has uh, added a little bit extra, so I'll throw the extra in. Love watching the film reviews. It's like watching myself if I was going to uh, review similar films. Um, oh, and he almost forgets... Mostly for Gary here. I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and in the same episode, they used two popular buildings from Buffy. Netflix HQ was the Wolfram and Hart building, and Albert <laughs> Brooks' house is Angel's Mansion from season two. Nice. Uber nerding. Stock footage. Yeah. Now, <laughs> no on to his question. We all know and love a good evil corporation, Wayland Utanian Umbrella, but do you guys have an unsung favorite that doesn't get as much recognition? It can be evil like fuck about uh, and fucking around with science or all about money or straight up hell incorporated. Example, Wolfram and Hart. O- yeah. OCP. OCP, yeah. See, now I thought... Cyberdyne. I was thinking Umbrella. OCP. But I also... They don't actually have a name, but the company from Cabin in the Woods that actually runs... Oh, okay, yeah, good call. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the evil corporation in uh, uh, Halloween three season of the witch. Oh yeah, they're yes. selling all the masks. The Sar- well, I can't Shamrock remember what company one. they watch. The Silver Shamrock. One. Silver Shamrock Company. <laughs> See now, OCP. Like I said, after watching Robocop, OCP just like sat up there as just like the most realistic but evil corporation. But he wanted unsung ones or lesser yeah, known ones. Less known ones. Tesla. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, try, I, I think no, but I think that's the best one. That or the one from Cabin in the Woods. That's what that's, that's it. Really good they just Although, yeah, but arguably, they're not a bad company because they're, they're trying to, they're save, trying the to save the world every yeah. time. Though, but the they problem, are dude. bad because they're enforcing because they're killing sacri- people and they're sacrificing they're people. Kill yeah, people, yeah. Um, like a terrible. Most of them are like. Oh well, James I mean, Bond like companies. a pretty bad company is you know Elite Hunting from Hostel. Yeah, true, they're true, pretty. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, you know. Yeah, getting a tattoo. I don't know if they've got a company name, but you know the sex traffickers from Taken. <laughs> I don't know if you can like trade on them like they're a company company, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to praise them though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, like, yeah, they are a good business model, dude. Just yeah. a dude hanging out at the train station, abducting dickheads. Yeah. See, see the, the the company from the Belco experiment as well. That's a pretty good mm-hmm. company. Like. Just turn up to work one day and all of a sudden you're just in lockdown and you have to kill everybody inside. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> I'd be really good at that game in my job. <laughs> the, the Severance Corporation. I've been waiting for uh, I'm really enjoying that show. I can't wait for season two. Oh, the company, the Assassin's Company from uh, uh, Polar, the Mads Mikkelsen Hitman movie. Oh, yeah. Run yeah. by uh, Matt Lucas, where it's sort of like he's retiring with a full pension and they're like, oh, not on my watch. <laughs> like, you know, start going after him. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville's in that thing. Uh, nice pretty nice, good nice good uh, question. next question Very is from question. Craig Hall what up Craig uh, before I ask my question can we all raise a glass to the genius that was Vangelis his music output was stunning especially his soundtrack for Blade Runner 
Anyway, back to the Q&A. What events in your own lives would you like to make a film of and who would you cast in the main roles? Stay shelfy, folks. The question again? Uh, a moment in your life uh, that you'd make a film of and who would you cast in the main roles? I don't think anything in my life has happened that's interesting enough to make a film out of it. <laughs> See, I've just completely just thought this up on the spot. See, I would... You in that cinema <laughs> shouting at that woman in Robocop. Right. No, 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 no. Uh, I would uh, have uh, my wedding um, filmed, um, but it's actually it's actually the main story is about me getting married, but it is a flashing back to flashbacks about me and Linda and our lives getting up to there. So the audience totally doesn't believe, like, how the fuck did that guy go from this to there? You know, but they, obviously it's just all played out. Um, now, <laughs> He's I, playing the part. See, now, do I want to go super sexy or, like... <laughs> I mean, like... You're like, Idris Elba. You, well, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go with me and Linda. You know, just like... I can't. Man, I would have the year that we all lived together. Oh, nice. In, uh, in was it Barron Street? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that, a, a year in that house. I, don't, I mean, I don't know who you would get to cast like all Paulie of Like Paulie Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> could they be living or dead actors? Or can yeah, we de-age right. people? Oh my God. <laughs> Man, I, Fuck it. We'll just do, we'll Disney de-age us and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> that would be it. Uh, but, I mean, you could, yeah, you could turn it into like a stoner flick or something, I guess. <laughs> the, the funny thing, the kid that I think would actually play me, I've, I've seen him in quite a lot. I don't know if I keep mistaking this actor as well. I saw him recently. He was in... Like, have you guys seen American Made with Tom Cruise? No, no. He, he was in that. He played the he he played the brother-in-law in that. I think he plays Banshee in X Men First Class. Oh, okay. I don't know if I know he's the same about. actor, but it's um he was also in um, Byzantium. I think he played the blood loss guy. Right. In that, but he's like a ginger-haired kind of yeah. Yeah, that guy. Young Ian. Young Ian kind of looking guy. <laughs> I think, but yeah. Nice. Um, I'll get one of the Stranger Kids to play me. What scene would you have? <laughs> oh, I just I just muck in with Gary and say just like yeah, another year in the house or something. I can't think of anything that just just like, party like yeah, dude. Looking, I can't think of any yeah. any sort of like event in my life that'd be worth making. That a movie would be out like of. if we did a year of that house, it'd be like a cross between. I, I guess I could do the I could I say what I could do the charity boxing match. Yeah. Thing, just the fucking horrific build-up of that through like <laughs> two, three cancellations and lockdown. There was a film that came out. I, I might have been like twenty years ago now. Was it? It wasn't called X, but it was about a a, a group that decided to throw a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I the party ended up spreading well. all the way around the, like the neighborhood, oh, yeah. garden, yeah. Like, things oh, I know the escalation yeah. of the party. Yeah, that would be the the film. How we ever survived that. <laughs> nice. Okay, next question is from Holt Mason. What up, Holt? Yo, no. Holt. I uh, just wanted to say I love the reviews you guys do. You both do a great job, and I really like the fact that most of the reviews are around or at least an hour because I really like depth long form reviews. Have you ever thought about doing a review for the movie Clue? It was a favorite of mine <laughs> growing Perry, up right? and still to this day. Keep up the great work. Um, I bought that movie on DVD recently, watched it through, and I was like, yeah, totally could fucking. Nice. Review yeah. this movie. Oh, of course, we'd review anything. We'd, we'd have the Patreon priority yeah. list. I don't want to plug it right now, but if you do want to have us review a particular film, we do work on a Patreon system and make sure that we can keep the show going uh, as we are funded by fans tipping yes. us on Patreon every week. Um, and yeah, we've got some bizarre, bizarre and interesting films coming up. We've got a Japanese 
animated film coming up pretty soon, actually, which I'm just like, I know nothing about this series, this film, these characters, but I'll go yeah, we'll yeah. Go and somebody picked Eddie. Then somebody chose Eddie. Somebody <laughs> picked Eddie. Somebody was just like, you guys should watch it. Your, your Patreon list is clearly like, I've had to sit through this and watch it. I know two other assholes that are going to have to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Some of them. See, the next question is from Eric Holmes, but it's kind of around the same thing. Love your reviews. Quick question. Do you have plans to review Dead Alive or Brain Dead outside the US? Uh, Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. No, we we stem to try to stay away from horror movies, especially like things with gore. <laughs> I like. I can't do gore. Gary's, right, obviously, um, he's uh, dyslexic Zingaya. with blood. <laughs> you got him. The, the bite! bite. Man, I thought you'd done that. Movie. No, 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 no. We've not done any. It's Peter right. Jackson movies. It's, actually. No, we have. We did. Um, we did. Oh, the, bad taste. Right? We, we did bad taste. We did bad taste. Mm. We did bad taste. Would love but to. Would love to. Small, small spoilers. There is uh, one of his films on the list coming up. Really? Yeah. Oh man, it better not be Lovely Bones because that fucking kills me. <laughs> that movie fucking kills me. Uh, the next question is from David Morris. Yeah, what David? up, David? As always, fantastic podcast and review, fellas. Love the kids' TV show Battle Royale you did last time. Uh, my question this time is if you had to do it with your favourite PC console games from your youth, which would get into the battle, fist bumps all round? Um, oh, sorry. If we had to do the, the same battles we did with the cartoon. Yeah, I thought the question was if we wanted to have games. sex with our consoles, it wouldn't work. So what was it? Sorry, consoles. Uh, what well, to do it with your favorite PC console games? Oh, okay. So any games from our youth then? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh man. Oh, if it was games from that period, it'd be yeah, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, Metal Duke Gear Solid, Nikon, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, the Discworld games, Tomb Raider, uh, Hogs, Hogs of War. Yeah. Um, Streets of Rage, Good Streets Call, of Rage, yeah. Good Call, Max, Robocop versus Terminator. Shinobi. Man, I played Bru- Bruce Lee on the Spectrum, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, Earthworm Jim gets in there again. <laughs> oh man, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, Desert Strike, Jungle Strike, nice. Soviet Strike, <laughs> all those strikes, all the strikes, baby. <laughs> right, okay. I'm just gonna try. Fucking little... Sim City, I love yeah, Sim City. Hell yeah. My, yeah, my Sim... daughter's obsessed with Sim City. I'm gonna try a little experiment. Okay, right on three. Say the first game that appears in your head from 1990 to 2000. Okay, I'll give you a couple of seconds. I already got one. Right, you've already got one, Andy? From 1990 to 2000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay, ready? One, two, three, Goldeneye. Resident Evil 2. Mm, okay. Oh, Resident Evil 2, <laughs> Doom, and Goldeneye. Nice. No mercy. Yeah. <laughs> you knew I was going to say Resident Evil. Well. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. Like, like oh. Such a broad spectrum, but yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, Fucking A, Ocarina of Time. Right. Conquer's Bad Friday. <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's all the questions I've got from uh, from the Facebook. Nice. Very good. Very good. good. Well, I have some other questions from the Facebook that you must have missed. Here. Nice. This one's from Joshua. What up, Joshua? What's up, man? You probably already answered this, but how did Off the Shelf come to be? Uh, sitting around in a pub and club, getting drunk, talking about movies. Yeah. <laughs> we have answered this question quite a few times. Yeah. But um, so maybe our, our 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 history just gets truncated now. Well, to... th- that's basically it. <laughs> you and me sat in that pub and club and talking about Army of Darkness and the Evil Dead movies and, and aliens and, and, and aliens. constantly and watching then, movies when we lived together. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, TV shows and, and that's movies. It. And it was them. just hidden, and we we. I think lived in such an amazing. We we still do live in such an amazing time, even though there's horrible shit going on in the world. That we have just been gifted with media 
to be able to talk about it yeah and then have the technology to say it because obviously we always had the idea of sitting down and recording it but you need the cameras you need the uh you need the microphones you need the setup and while we started doing this youtube was such a tiny little thing i don't even think fucking twitch was a thing no dude i mean i'm not i'm not exaggerating when i say when we all lived together it was sort of like broadband was just taking off and we were like dude i downloaded this movie in four hours (laughs) what are you you talking about mobile phones nobody's got mobile phones yeah Um, i couldn't call you i haven't got any credit yeah (laughs) uh, the the other than our love of films uh one of my third year university projects required me to make a, a video project and i did a film review in the style of a grindhouse director yes and we did two of those and we put them i put them up on youtube uh just because you never know what might happen and then uh, a few months later we were just like should we just film some of these reviews were limited to 10 minute videos yeah that was the way youtube operated if you weren't a partner or anything um and we just kept going and we never stopped yeah <laughs> we just didn't stop just didn't stop just like what's the next film on the list yeah okay the next question i have i can't pronounce the name it it's it's, it's a bunch of backwards letters yeah and not gonna lie fist bump <laughs> fist, fist bumps bump. to you sir question for the podcast what in your guys opinion is the greatest sequel ever made and why is it t2 We've definitely talked about greatest yes. sequels before, and T2 is definitely, absolutely one of them. Dark Knight. Dark Knight oh, is great. Yes. Aliens. Uh, Aliens. Aliens, absolutely. Grease Evil two. Dead 2. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Jaws 2. Empire Strikes Get Back. Out. Psycho 2. Um, um, oh, uh, Winter Soldier. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Phantasm 2 is pretty badass compared to the first one. Do you know what? Toy Story 2 is a fucking great sequel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But T2 is really good. Yeah, for me... <laughs> you know what I mean? Aliens, Aliens is probably the top one. I, no, I'd, pro- I'd, I'd probably go Dark Knight, just because of reasons, obviously. Um, Aliens for me. Great sequel. I mean, I suppose it's more of a two-part argue. The sequel, and this is a bit loose, but I fucking love Endgame. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of a sequel. I mean, if you wanted to get really <laughs> sneaky, Army of Darkness is technically a sequel to Evil Dead 2, because Evil Dead 2 is a standalone movie, so Army yeah. of Darkness... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. That's true. Yeah, great and, um, yeah. and Caddyshack 2. <laughs> there was a second one? <laughs> yes, there was. Alrighty, on to the Twitch questions. First one we have here is from Nellabo. What up, Nella? Up? What is your favourite scene in media film? Mine would be church scene in Kingsman. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, it's hard to top that one, dude, because oh. that is a fucking amazing scene. You know scene. what tops that one? And I thank Nella for actually giving me the clue. Um, it's fucking fr- Stick Freebird. On any scene, oh man, it just makes Devil's it amazing. Rejects. Devil's Devil Rejects, that finale is, uh, so is incredible. Like, do you, and the crazy thing is, I bought the uh, GTA uh, Definitive uh, Trilogy. Oh, you're I've the guy pl- that bought it. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been playing San Andreas <laughs> on the Switch. They had Freebird on there, and nice. today I'm shitting you, shitting you not. I was walking along. I needed a vehicle. There was a little road sweeper there. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just take that," and it just started playing Freebird. And I just drove around in this road sweeper listening to Freebird. Nice. The, the church sequence from Kingsman is it's great. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will go with the blood sequence from The Thing. I was about to say the blood testing sequence from The Thing. I could have gone with anything, John Carpenter with masterpiece right there. Yeah. I, um, I mean, apart from the, the, the scene in the boat in Jaws, the Minneapolis speech and everything like that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Uh, when Morpheus fights Neo... 
Yeah. I fucking love that what, scene. the first one? Yeah, in yeah, the training absolutely, room. Absolutely, yeah. I love that scene uh, so much in the, yeah. in the first Matrix movie. Tears, tears in the Ring, Blade Runner. Oh, um, yeah. One of the greatest cinematic moments ever, probably for me. Yeah. Um, although, of course, Aliens, I love the entire uh, power processing unit with the Marines going in, oh, hitting God. the hive and, and getting out. That um, whole sequence, James Horner's soundtrack. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention it for the second time tonight, but when Vader lights up that lightsaber in, in Rogue, Rogue One, dude, Rogue yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Like, that is amazing and still, still is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty great. But dude, I gotta admit, man, that Kingsman scene is like is one of the best things. That, it's one of those where you like, if you're ever, have you seen Kingsman? No, we should watch it. Mm, not sure. Watch this first. Like, just <laughs> no, fucking it, watch it's, this it's scene. It's because that yeah? scene, like, when you get to it, it it just it the movie changes. From yeah, that oh, point absolutely, onward. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I got another good one as well because it's still fresh in my head. It's a sequence where Robocop is just <laughs> stood there in the fucking warehouse and he's like, come quietly or there'll be trouble. Ah, that's a fucking great scene, actually. Yeah. Alrighty, next question is from Richie DBZ. What up, Richie? If, uh, if you can put Hannibal in any other horror thriller series, what would it be and why? <laughs> For me, it would be Saw. So we can have a Hannibal that. versus John Kramer because they're both very intelligent and I think Hannibal would manipulate others to do the trap. <laughs> Plus, yeah. it'd be amazing to hear John Kramer see one of Hannibal's crime scenes go, fuck, that's a bit fucking strong, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't go mad. Uh, what happens if Hannibal just happened to turn up and spend a couple of nights at Bates Motel? He'd probably cure him in, in therapy. <laughs> yes. And leave. And, yeah. and Perkins would what be fine. What happy ending to Yeah, and basically like, it was my mother the whole time. Um, Jaws, he just captures the shark and eats him. Hannibal <laughs> eats the shark. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Put him in, put him in um, House of a Thousand Corpses and... <laughs> Watch Hannibal be. Watch Hannibal be like. All right, now everyone's going a bit far. Yeah, he become the surrogate dad. Put him in text chains or massacre. Oh yeah, <laughs> the cannibal family. He'd cure him as well. He'd just be, no, I think in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he'd be like, I'm not cooking in this kitchen. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I'm gonna put Hannibal for my time to put him in the cube. <laughs> put him in a cube movie it's silver he'd eat everybody mm-hmm. and then silver mm. yep yep exactly he's got a food supply he's got the people <laughs> but it's how he takes them out in which order unfortunately yeah. he's not got much cooking options there but yeah it's true <laughs> wild question Richie yeah man good though next question is from Just Hidge what up Just Hidge I just saw Robocop for the first time and really enjoyed it you weren't talking all the way through it were you <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic effects and the cheesiest 80s plot imaginable. Oh, it's amazing. I saw the remake when I uh, was a lot younger and I didn't hate it. What are your guys' thoughts? Robocop is one of the greatest action sci-fi movies ever made. Yes. Absolute masterpiece. Paul Verhoeven, genius. Uh, Captured the satire so well. Over the top. uh, Gore and violence. A great character great set great one of the best uh scores to a movie the moment you hear the, the robocop score man it was amazing it was so good so i i, I love it in 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 all of its glory the remake i watched once and it was forgettable pointless pg trite i haven't actually seen the remake but i will say uh we're, we're lucky uh because of like being born in 1982 
over oh, 40 this year. Um, yeah, is that I got to watch um, Robocop when I was way, way not age yeah. appropriate. Yeah. And I remember we got it. I really wanted to see it because I'd seen the posters of it. And it's like, you're a kid. You're like, it's a. Like you, he the good guys. Robot. It's always he about the good guys, cop. isn't it? So you're like, <laughs> he's a fucking police <laughs> robot. Fuck, fuck. You know. I, I remember. No, but this is how I got the VHS of it. Yeah. Is there was like a a club thing in the Sunday magazine where you could buy like three VHS videotapes from, like three movies out nice. of a list of yeah, about probably nice. thirty, which was like the Netflix of our time. For sure. And you'd like tick off the ones you want, send it. Serious kids, like you're about to say, like carry a pigeon or something. You yeah. send it in the post, in the post, and 24 <laughs> days later, if you were lucky, it'd fucking come through the door. When that came through the door, I was so, so unbelievably excited to yeah. watch that movie. So, I, I will always love Robocop, it's always gonna have a special place in my heart because, you know, yeah, again, watching it, I was just like, even I was like, I'm like eight years old, and I'm like, yeah, they go about to rape that chick, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he shot yeah. him in the dick, it's fine, shot him in but the dick I was like, I was way should not have been watching that movie. <laughs> Like the remake, I never wanted to watch a remake, but the problem with remakes is it's there. You have to watch it. You have to compare it. I. But they're out of ideas. Let's just acknowledge. Well, that. no. <laughs> the, the funny thing is with RoboCop, it's just everything is just hyped up. So the the special effects are a lot better because he can he can move like a like. It's a, do you know what I just remember? I think I don't know if it was in the trailer, but when I saw it, he kind of jumps out of a window. And yeah. Does the superhero landing, and it was yeah. at that point I turned the trailer off. Yeah. I was like, just like, no, fuck! I, I just shot. fuck you. No, yes, I'm not doing it. And it's fuck your black tactical armor. But, but the funny thing is, I mean, people say about Robocop's <laughs> satirical comedy in the first movie, and then obviously it was lost in the second movie because obviously they just tried to they just no, tried to keep it there. It was just there was a fucking pimp mobile in Robocop Three, a cartoon fucking series, and then a TV series where there was a Robocop with two guns. So now you're complaining about some CGI that just makes it move faster. No, yeah. I, like like the, <laughs> Clearly the, I am. the remakes nowhere as good as the original Robocop. But if you've never seen the original Robocop and you watched the remake, it's it was serviceable, a hollow, hollow, serviceable. Michael I wouldn't Keaton, even say serviceable. Michael Keaton is great in it. I'm so glad Gary so, Oldman yeah, is so great, great in it. Gary Oldman, right? Samuel yeah. Jackson, but they're all wasted. They're they all they so are all wasted because it's a remake of an 80s satirical. They had no viewer. passion for it. None for none of them was it a passion project. No, um, they just did it for a paycheck, and, they, and you felt that, and mm. it was just. Well, no, I see. I don't see. I don't feel that. I feel Samuel Jackson is selling me the 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 media break kind of guy, just as well as Samuel Jackson can do. And Michael Keaton is doing the best he can to be the head of the OCP Corporation. I just want to see Robocop. And then when I watch it, I'm like, you know what? I'll watch Robocop three. It's much better because <laughs> Robocop two is fucking Robocop two is badass. Glad you finally got to see Robocop though, Tidge. Yeah, yeah. man. Right <laughs> passage. All right, next question is from Morphined21. What up, Morphined? Hey, guys, since this is the Andy special, Andy, (laughs) as a fan of the Batman comics, what are your thoughts on the fact that Batman is famous for having a diverse group of villains, but in the films, we only get the same ones constantly? Also, why the hell was the Riddler more of an anti-hero than a villain? Um... All right, well, I'll do those backwards because I think personally the Riddler. I assume you're talking about the Batman. When you I say about that so, one, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I think he maybe saw himself as the as an anti-villain. I suppose. Anti-hero. Do you mean like anti-hero? Sorry, rather yeah. than the villain, because yeah, he he kind of believes he's doing something right as all radicals do. Right. But obviously, it was coming at the cost of a lot of dead innocent people. So 
I don't. I mean, if that's your take, fair enough. I don't. I don't personally think he was necessarily an anti-hero, but I would say that he certainly thought himself the hero yeah. in what he was doing. Um, why? Because they made Seven into a Batman movie, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, you're. I mean, you're absolutely right as well. The Rogues Gallery is the best thing about Batman. Um, why do we keep getting the same ones? Because they don't want to take a. They don't want to take a risk. I mean, we talked about the. Um, we talked about how, like, the the Batman when it anytime they announce a new Batman movie, it, the, it's a huge thing about who's cast, right? Right. And I think a lot of the other characters have fallen into that, the Joker being the main one of them. So it's almost like the studio has. And look, a lot of the reason is because we're we're only getting them from Warner Brothers, mm. and they they clearly have only got so many fucking ideas, or what they're not willing to take very many risks. No, I personally, it would be, yeah. I you know I want to see Hush, I want to see Clayface, I want to see know? a modern Poison Ivy. I would like to see a decent Poison. I was really glad that Nolan at least wrote, rolled the dice on Scarecrow. Mm. Um, that was great. I want. I'd love to see Calendar Man, uh, Professor Pig, uh, one of Egghead. I would like to see Hugo Strange. Yeah, yeah, taken seriously. The Gotham series did quite well, but kind of went too far the other way by just like <laughs> they were. Oh, this is going to be like the series that's more about the Rose Gallery and like Penguin was really interesting. Yeah. And stuff like that. And then by the time they got to the end, they were like, "Oh fuck it, just bring in Bane this week," and that literally became villain of the week. So yeah, I, I think the long way around to answer your question is, I think because Warner Brothers are fucking spineless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is just they're, they're like, scared. and it's the same reason. That I, I think we can talk about the Batman a bit more. We've never really covered it, and we didn't want to spoil it too much when it first came out. But everyone's probably seen the the extra scene they released of yeah. the yeah. Joker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a great scene. The scene that they used of the Joker in the movie wasn't. And it kind of felt like they pulled the scene with the Joker out because that's what Matt Reeves wanted to do. Yeah, keep the and focus on. And someone in Warner Brothers was like, no, we have to have a Joker in it. We have to elaborate that we're going to show the Joker. And they quickly just fucking pushed. Because um, they know Batman Joker Yeah, sells. they quickly threw yeah. the Joker in to yeah. like, so people were like, oh. Tease, get excited, yeah. want more. So I, I just, yeah. I, I think that a lot of the time Warner Brothers are doing paint by numbers if you want to see films with more interesting baddies in it watch the animated ones yes, yes. absolutely yeah because yeah. they do ex- yeah, they do have all of them yeah yeah alright great question though thank Good you question, Morphine uh, next question is from uh, Midgley what up Matt is there a character in a movie you think could have been more iconic if played by a different actor Mine is Sidney Prescott from Scream, played by someone such as Rosamund Pike or Kerry Washington. Mm. Um, and I think uh, Neve Campbell did pretty great as the role of Sidney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, could it have I'll, been... I'll, I'll, I'll ask you something to answer that question. Who would you have cast in The Dark Tower? Well, as the... Uh, I, I, I want Clint Eastwood. Ooh. Yeah. Clint Eastwood yeah. is, you know, the man... Uh, is the gunslinger? Yeah. Uh, he absolutely oh, is. No, do you know who would have been Timothy Oliphant? Would have been. T- yeah, oh, no. Now and, would be. And then when he met the man in black, it would have been Timothy Oliphant again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the man in black. That I mean, that's flag. That's the. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was an interesting choice to play the role. He, you know, that was one of the you know, interesting parts of the Dark Tower uh, movie. I'd like. To but yeah, it's always, I, it'd always be Clint. I, I, I mean, the minority of actually liking Ben Affleck playing Batman because I thought yeah. that was quite good but like yeah. ba- when ba- he was Affleck. being cast I was, uh, I would have really liked to have seen John Hamm have a crack at it you know from Mad Men 
Oh yes, yeah, he's got, he's got the, the face, I, he's got I the think, chin. I think the he chin. would have absolutely <laughs> fucking smashed it. As, yeah. Um, yeah. Although if you watch like the the original casting for Batman Begins, Cillian Murphy who plays Scarecrow. Yeah. There, there's footage of him as Batman in the as Batman. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other like really. Yeah. Like that could have been more iconic. So you've got to like. I mean, if Mads Mikkelsen could have played Hannibal Lecter all the way through the movies, but um, <laughs> yeah, that would have been really good. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. There's probably like. I keep like, in my head. I keep for like, some reason because the last question I keep reverting to fucking comic book movies because <laughs> I'm like after Green Lantern. I'm like, couldn't we have just added Dris Elba as like is it John Stewart instead of Hal Jordan's? You well, know, the thing Ryan is, it's like I'm thinking like iconic characters. I'm thinking Ripley. I'm thinking who could play Ripley better than Sigourney Weaver? I'm like no one. <laughs> Linda no Hamilton. One? I was just about to say that's possibly, probably the only one. Possibly right? yeah. Linda Hamilton at that time. I mean. Like any other character, it would lose its gravitas, I suppose, over that position. I'm trying. So, so the, going from then iconic characters, same with. I'm thinking, okay, who would be better playing Dutch than Arnie in Predator? I'm like, no one, nobody, no because one. It, it loses that gravitas. So now yeah. I'm thinking uniconic characters, and who would play those kind of better? So I'm thinking maybe. Who would be better than Whoopi Goldberg and Eddie? <laughs> Me? Like anybody? <laughs> anybody? I don't anybody? Know. They're still saving that film like, or making it more iconic. Uh, well. <laughs> Great question, though. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> we have a question from Mongo Mongo. What's what up, dude? Mongo? If there was a special sandwich made in your honour, what would be the name of your sandwich? By the way, you guys are really ent- uh, really entertainment every time you guys are on the podcast, and I enjoy your reviews on YouTube. Fist bumps. Finally, someone asks a question that's a that we question. can all get behind. I, I really like that's that the question. Let's make some fucking sandwiches. <laughs> good question, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my god. I what lo- would be the oh. name of your sandwich? Okay, so I've got. I fucking love me some sandwiches as well. This is going to be really difficult. We're going to che- be here for a while. Chia butter bread, right? Sliced in half, toasted, um, with cheese. Probably Red Leicester and Mature on either one, so then it's toasted. Then you lay um, ham, and then you lay some kind of like tapas, kind of Spanish type of meat. So not mainly pepperoni, but if you're into pepperoni, that's all right. Maybe some of that kind of yeah, salami bacon. or something. Salami and stuff. So just like two layers of meat on top of the cheese, then some lettuce, maybe some cucumber because you gotta have your vegetables in there. You gotta even it out, and then you would fold it on to the top <laughs> with whatever sauce you're in it, and you just call it the Ian. See, now I've got to go with like, it's going to be, it is going to be some kind of steak sandwich. Nice, you know what I mean? nice, But it's nice. going to be, uh, it's probably, the, I'm going to say focaccia bread. Yeah. Because it's got all that capacity to catch stuff in it. Okay. So it's going to have like probably a mustard mayo on the bottom and a layer of nice crisp lettuce because I like the crunch. Mm-hmm. Medium rare steak, grass fed, grass finished beef, boom, on top of that. And then we've got to put it back under the grill because we're going to put something like maybe a what oh, cheese, probably like a gouda, something mm-hmm. nutty, okay. maybe on top of that, melt yeah. that down. We're going to finish that on top with some strips of um, smoked streaky bacon. Mm. And then so the, hungry now. I know, right? And then, um, <laughs> and then on the top as well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to need another sauce that's going to complement the. That's going to complement the mustard mayo. Maybe something sweet, like a sweet chili kind of sauce, like a dab <laughs> like of that on top. No, I'd say like a sweet chili sauce like would probably pickle, do it for yeah, me. Yeah. Like a pickle. 
boom. And yeah. you need either, depending on what uh, mood you're in, either fries mm. or some crisps on the side so that you can occasionally, like, you know, oh. jam those fucking bad boys <laughs> in Man, there. do you know what fucking... I don't uh, know what I'd call... Subway. I'd, I'd, I'd call it mine. Do you know what's... Don't fucking try and take my sandwich. Subway's been Good doing question. these nacho-covered chicken bites. Dude, don't buy. eat from Subway. <laughs> Man, I try not to, but when you put those things in your sandwich and then you eat it... Something from Hannibal, maybe, like in a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like no long pork. Yeah, good answer. Yeah. Make, uh, make a sandwich, Gary. Make on. a sandwich, Gary. I'm terrible at this. Yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> art to making a sandwich as well. It I like is, it yeah. when I get some time at home and I can actually just like, I know what's about to happen. Yeah. I okay. love those Scooby-Doo co- like, yeah. I want, I want, <laughs> things when I was a kid. Like, I, I want I tiger bread. Oh, nice. Uh, and I want crispy, crusted tiger bread. Mm. Okay. Soft. Toasted or soft? Toasted. Right. Layer of cheese, nice ham, some uh, chopped sausages. Oh, nice! Uh, some pepperoni on there, some uh, some uh, mayonnaise, mm. and uh, some slices of ham, some slices of beef. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I want all the meats. You want all the meats. I want all the meats. There's, bring, no, there's no the lettuce meat. going bring in this me one. Bring me two of every animal. <laughs> yes, and put some, put it between two pieces of bread. What would you call it? Full. <laughs> Full. <laughs> Hungry. I don't know. I'm terrible. I, name name a, a sandwich. Like, I mean, you've called yours Ian, and the, you've called yours mine. The life preserver <laughs> like, yeah. from being hungover. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought I'd be trying to name a sandwich at this point in my life. Oh, I missed something from mine, by the way, but I only missed it because this is standard for every steak sandwich I ever make. Okay. I always get some onions in a pan, and I always fucking splash a bit of Jack Daniels or bourbon in there cook the onions off into that and then that goes on top of the lettuce so nice. I've got like bourbon or whiskey nice, onions and the nice. fucking thing shit I'm hungry now we're gonna, <laughs> have, to, we're gonna have to call this quits Sorry, this whole conversation is taking me back to regular show because there was this thing on there called the death sandwich which was where I started constructing sandwiches oh that's what I'm calling my sandwich then the, the second, death breakfast. Sandwich. <laughs> second breakfast <laughs> yes and, yeah. and basically you had to have a mullet and wear jean shorts because if you ate it uh, wrongly you would die <laughs> death sandwich okay yeah Thanks for the question. Mike. Great question, man. <laughs> great Fucking question. Great question. Alrighty, our last question is from the lady. What up, the lady? Sorry, man. What movie comes to mind that a popular good actor with a tremendously bad film? <laughs> I was just going to start singing Dunkachino. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, that that was one of the one of the biggest cinematic sins of, I've ever seen. <laughs> Val, uh, Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. in Dunkachino, the entire sequence. Oh my god, that was! <laughs> I think he at least though he became the audience for a moment where he's like, "You have to burn this." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And we're yeah. like, "Yeah, no shit." <laughs> um, I there's a horrible image that sits in the back of my head forever, and it's it's really horrible. Like you know when people start talking about Sallow and people start talking about like Serbian movie, it's like one of those images, right? But there are no good actors in either of them. No, no, no. Surely, are Nick they? Cage, Nicholas Cage, the weatherman. I haven't seen that. That's great. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but it's the sequence where he finds out that his daughter's got a camel tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another answer to the, the question. Movie? Pretty much because um, it flashes. Sean Connery in, in uh, the um, Extraordinary Gentleman. Oh yeah, such a great Sean... actor in such a terrible. Is Sean Connery, Highlander too. Sean Connery, too. Yeah, yeah. Any good actor in any of the Highlander sequels? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. 
Dennis. It's hard because I'm trying to think of like like really like bad movies in, in terrible. Dennis films. Quaid, Jaws three. <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine, Jaws four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Vigo Mortensen, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Oh, good one. Yeah, that is a bad film. Yeah. Do you know what I caught? This is off topic, but do you know what? I, I was I was flicking through the other day, and not only did I happen to come across the prophecy. Right. Oh, Viggo Mortensen. Right at the start of his speech, oh, you know, nice. when after she's like, "I met the devil." Oh, it's. I was like, "Shit, I forgot how good this was." Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to think, like again, like bad great movies. actor in a terrible film. Christopher yeah. Walken, click. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is real easy, isn't it? It's like who are the guest stars so in any of the other family movies? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Morty. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken, Joe Dare. <laughs> Just kidding. Isn't Joe Dare, isn't he? Yeah, that is true. Um, see, I really like Nick Nolte in Hulk, but Hulk's quite a bad movie when you compare it to like Incredible Hulk. Oh, and the rest sorry. Of this, I mean, so Arnie in mm. any of the Terminators past T one and two. Oh yeah, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Dark Fate. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey, <laughs> Batman Forever. Yeah, because I do think he's a great actor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber Two. Uh, well, I suppose you answered it. Then you like Gary Oldman's in that fucking role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Robocop. all of them were wasted in that one. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh, really good. I'm trying to think of something recent that's been that bad, but I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything that bad recently that's had a really like you know tremendous. A actor. great, a great performer. Frank Langella, Eddie. <laughs> I think that's just clunky. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point to <laughs> think, end it too. I think he's drawn a beautiful line under it there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, with Great that, question. I would just like to say thank you, everyone, for your wonderful, wonderful questions tonight. And, of course, a big thank you to Ian and Andy and Andy yes. for helming.